Good evening, folks, and a hearty welcome to our drive-in theater. We have a wonderful evening's entertainment lined up for you, one that will provide several hours of pleasurable relaxation and diversion for you and your family. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Dead City Drive-In, the only podcast that'll rip your eyeball out and stick it up your b-hole if we hear one more Hindsight is 2020 joke. I'm Brandon Windish. I'm Chris Holcomb. And we are the heads of programming in this here Dead City. And in this episode, decreed by the higher-ups, our bosses, the drive-in gods, we have been tasked once again to program a specially themed double bill for the ravenous hordes of mutants and madmen outside our projection room door. Except in this episode. Smoking in the boys' room. That's right. We're playing hooky tonight, hiding out in the bathroom. Oh, God, what did I just step in? <clears throat> uh, Coney Island whitefish? Nah, dude, with these mutants, it's a Coney Island greenfish. What are we doing in the bathroom anyway? Well, Chris, this fuck face of a year is winding down, the end of a decade, really. I figured, why not take the time and do a post-mortem, a, a best of the decade list? Okay. And why are we in the bathroom? Okay, for whatever reason, call it turds. Call it urine. The drive-in gods seem to stay far away from this place. We've been busting our bungies programming for them. I think it's fair to take a little time for us. Well, if it's so fair, why don't we just straight up ask them for time off? Are you crazy? (laughs) The last two dipshits that asked for time off got fused together by a fucking bolt of electricity. Rest in peace, Popcorn King. Okay, so maybe we just hide out in here and... Make a best of the decade list. Perfect. All right. All right. So here we are. Okay. Yes. So, <laughs> so what what do we do now? Um, well, first of all, maybe we should watch some movies. Uh, just bear with us while we watch de- ten ten years worth of film right now. Yeah. And go play. Pressing play. Yeah. Okay. Okay, and we're done. Mm-hmm. That was great. Wow, mm-hmm. we saw Fantastic. everything. I know kung fu. <laughs> uh, well, I think before we get started, uh, I want to talk about uh, briefly. We've been getting some awesome reviews Stellar, and ratings. fantastic, cool. We thank you all so very, very much for listening to our little podcast. And more importantly, we thank you so greatly for writing reviews because reviews really help us. Surprisingly, they do. And I never thought I'd be the kind of dipshit to say that. Not that anybody that says that is a dipshit. I'm just saying. Uh, if you could uh, please, like, you know, like take the survey at the end and give me 10. Smash that subscribe button. <laughs> No, seriously, but I mean, when when people listen and they actually not only rate, but also take the time to write a review for us, it goes so far to help support the podcast. You know, it kind of gives us a little more prominence in the eyes of of the powers that be and everything. And uh, we have more opportunities and and better opportunities to to bring more podcasts like this to a a wider audience. That's right. It it does kind of inspire us. Uh, Not kind of. It's really wonderful to hear some things. And actually, we want to take some time and read some of those, uh, some of the reviews, mention some of the names that we got. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're not going to do that and we're not going to do that. Uh, Okay. We're going to do that later. All right. Later. Edgemaster over here. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's right. (laughs) 
Well, I guess what Time do we want to do? Do we want to do we want to start like going? I guess we'll go by each year, right? We've got yeah, I mean, ten frankly, years. Yeah, we're 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 in twenty twenty in the year twenty twenty. <laughs> so yeah, we'll go by uh, I guess year by year for the last decade. So starting in the year twenty. Ten. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, I think we each have a little bit of a different um, uh, choices as to what yeah, some yeah, of our movies are. Yeah, but I like it. It's got Roy Scheider in it. You know, <laughs> it, it, it's got John Lithgow in it. And Peter Hyams. Good. He's also his own cinematographer. He Did is. you know that? Yes, he's yeah. Yeah, very talented. Yeah, so yeah. That's, that's the year we make contact. Did you know that, I'm sure you know, Arthur C. Clarke wrote a treatment for a Jaws sequel? To be honest with you, Brandon, no, I did really? not know that. I yeah, that. Apparently- Please, you are the Jaws master, so I will <laughs> bow at the temple that is your knowledge of Jaws. Jaws master. Uh, yes. I, so please tell me. Well, it, I don't know a whole lot about it. Uh, there's a lot of like um, uh, obfuscation around the obfuscation. Jaws sequels. You know, people don't uh, the the higher ups don't really like to talk about the sequels in general. Um, but there there was one treatment that was sent in by Arthur C. Clarke. That was supposed to be. If wait, I, wait. Let me guess. Let me guess. Sharks in space. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, it was. It was something about like an, like an obelisk, or like that was under in the ocean, like down at the very bottom of the ocean somewhere, in like the Marianas Trench. The monolith. It was a monolith in the ocean, and like sharks. It was what was causing the sharks to return to Amity or something along those lines. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Can you believe it? So. I, I, I would, I would, I would kill a human baby. To so get my hands let on me guess. Treatment. They send a submarine out there. <laughs> yes, what Roy Scheider is the reluctant. Doing? What are you doing, Dave? Yeah, it's Sequest. It's Sequest meets <laughs> meets Jaws two. Twenty ten. Yes, Jonathan uh, Brandis is cast as the son, um, Sean. Yeah, he's little Sean. <laughs> oh my God, I I would. Honestly, that, that that sounds fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> if, if there was some sort of mashup between Jaws and 2010, and that's what Arthur C. Clarke did with his script, I would I would love to get my hands on that. I, I and know because I mean you know we'll never actually see it, see it, but you know the uh, the script would be good enough to read. Man, I would. Just... Do you think Arthur C. Clarke was like he got his like phone rings? He picks it up. He's like, hello, Arthur C. Clarke, and they're like, um, well, he didn't really sound like that. You know, Arthur C. Clarke. You know, he had a little bit more of a Midlands kind of. Did he? Style. Yeah, he, yeah. When you'd listen to him talk, there was a certain inflection. He almost sounded Irish, but okay. You know, so, so this is what happens. The phone rings. Hello, this is Arthur C. Clarke, the inventor of the geostationary satellite. <laughs> Uh, great. Is this Arthur the, also the Arthur C. Clarke that wrote 2001? Yeah, well, no, I wrote the short story, The Sentinel, ah, okay. which later on, uh, the the, uh, the gentleman that lives in England and makes all those other uh, motion pictures decided to work. Okay, off I told Dick, I told you he's going to be a little talky already. We can tell. It's a, it's a talky thing. Listen, we want you, I think you're the perfect man to write the treatment for Jaws 2. We want to get your opinion on it. Well, you know, I live in Sri Lanka and the Indian <sighs> Ocean is full of sharks. Well, then you're, it sounds like you're the perfect man for the job. You did write about uh, space and I think that, well, what is uh, underwater but space? 
With lots of water. There you go. Perfect. You're the man for the job. So send us a treatment, and we're going to go ahead and give you $250,000. I'll get – actually, I have one in my drawer right now ready. I'll go ahead and uh, – since I was one of the first people to have email that you could use, you know – Kind of outside of commercial areas, you know, I I can go ahead and email you this. Now, granted, it's only 1982, um, so let me go ahead and hit send on this. We'll get it in a year. Great. (laughs) Yeah. All right, Dick. He's a fucking psycho, just like you you said. Uh, Wait, does the phone hang up? How does it? How does it? How do you press the off button? (laughs) And just Arthur Clarke just sat there at his typewriter, like crying, like as he typed it. He's like, I'll show them. <laughs> I doubt it. All right. Um, wow. Digression number one. <laughs> so thank God for post. Let's uh, <laughs> let's um. That was gold. That's all staying in. That's oh, all, yeah. all 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 thirty five minutes of that. That'll bit. be a deep cut that we will release <laughs> at the end of the season. So let's start with twenty ten, Chris. Um, what do you think was one of the what's you go ahead? You what do you go. want me to do? Do you want me to just kind of like you know start throwing out a bunch of movies there? Do you want me to pick what I think were like the best movies of 2010, my personal favorites? Yeah, I think that's the thing to do. Like, I have a list. Like, oh, spoiler alert, I have a list of uh, four movies for 2010. I only would consider two of them to be like top. Tier. Yeah, I mean, I've got I think I've got six here and everything, which I think are all movies that are worthwhile and that people should definitely check out and everything. But you have but like I, but I think there are two out of those those six that I think oh. are like really Okay. Know, the, 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 the bees knees. Well, then let's just the say nuts, let's just so say the movies, and then if we hit on one of our personal favorites, um, we'll Wait, talk you about just it for want a minute. Me to read off all the movies. We'll that just I go have. with one. You go one, and then I'll go one. Maybe okay. like that. We'll just trade off. Okay. How's that sound for like all of them? Yeah. Why not? Okay. Sure. All right. So you want to go first? All right. Rochambeau. Yeah. Ready? One, one two, two, three. three. Shoot. <laughs> All right. Well, Brandon wins. I win again. Uh, All right. I'm going to go. So uh, 2010 was the year of a brand new franchise exploding into the world with uh, Insidious. Mm -hmm. Um, It was on my list. Is it? Yeah. Was that that one of your top on the list? No, it wasn't one of my top. I am... I, I like the first Insidious a lot. I'm, I obviously had made it on the list here. I don't love all of it. The, I think the biggest reason I liked the movie so much was because of how batshit insane it gets. Like yeah, it I, get I thought it was crazy. a haunted house, and then it turns into like an astral projection, like nine seven six evil two. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and like gets kind of oh, nut nutty. And um, I also was really impressed with the fact that they made that movie for like a million bucks. And I think they, you know, did an excellent job. I think James Wan is a talented director. Yeah. Uh, You know, the first Saw movie, while I'm not a huge Saw fan and everything, there was definitely something very unique about that first film. You know, Lee Wan-El also, I think, is another fantastic filmmaker. Um, And I think Insidious, yeah, I mean, it it had some standout, creepy, creepy shit going on in that movie. And uh, lots of images. And, of course, you know, spoiler alert, you know, <laughs> you know the one I'm talking about. Yeah, you know, there's, right. a, there's a big scare in that movie uh, that, you know, I think is tops there. Yeah, it is. Um, but good. Yeah. Good movie. Yeah, check it out. Not great. What else? Uh, what do you got? Black Swan. Ooh, yes. the sequel to Blackula. Yes. No, no, no. That, no. that was Scream Blackula Scream. Oh. Or wait, no. Scream Swanulus? No. <laughs> Swan Blackula Swan. Okay. Shit, I can't remember. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah Black Swan. All right. I guess, that's, 
I guess you would call that a horror movie, huh? Yeah, it's kind of a weirdo doppelganger uh, competition that takes place in the world of ballet. Um, you've got uh, Natalie Portman that's in there, and also uh, who's that other actress from that Mila show? Mila Kunis. Mila Kunis, yes. yes. Um, and they're in competition, and you actually you know, watch the breakdown of of a very very kind of high strung dancer there mm. to the point where she begins to kind of transform or does she transform you know it's it's an interesting movie so if you haven't seen it i, I suggest yeah checking out black swan can i just say i there's also a, a really um uh, what's the word i'm looking for um when it's a little over long um in your face, not egregious, but there's there's also a really a stroke stroke fest or what? Yeah, I mean there's a there's a very there's an extended scene where Natalie Portman masturbates with her pillow, <laughs> and I I always feel like every time a man um, is directing a movie and there's some kind of thing like that, you know, I always just feel like it's very masturbatory to me, and like literally and. Pun intended, I guess, but not trying to be funny about it. Like, you, you remember that movie Blue is the Warmest Color? Yes. Okay. There's a fucking, like, 14-minute or something. I don't know. There's a lot, a couple of them. But there's one scene in particular that is such a long and graphic lesbian sex scene. And they're all about, like, oh, the art and the, uh, you know, and the, like, <laughs> it's for the characters to see them feel and love each other and to see how real and intimate it is. And I'm like, yeah, it's a fuck. The fucking director was like... And action! <laughs> you know, you just oh. like, it's so fucking well, hey, ex- let, exploitative and plain and simple. Sex sells. All right. Sex sells. It has always sold. If you want to put asses in seats, even if it's an art house flick, I mean, I think there's a certain segment of the art house population that is just there to see lesbian sex scenes. Well, why wouldn't it be better if, like, the director just said that? If they were like, and why do you think such a scene, a 12 minute long scene, you know, is integral to the success of the film. And he's like, hey, the jack off, dude. <laughs> what do you want from me? <laughs> you know, it's a, you don't, why are you angry? <laughs> I gave you what you want, don't you? You give the people what they want? <laughs> he gave me what I wanted. <laughs> so anyway, see Black Swan if you want to see Natalie Portman masturbate. Um, and who doesn't? <laughs> uh, we know Darren Aronofsky does. So, okay, next on my list, and I will. This one for me is one of the, I think, the best, one or of the two best of the 2010. Uh, the Last Exorcism. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel Stamm is the guy that directed it, um, starring Ashley Bell and uh, the uh, Ashley Michael Bell. The, the, the dude from Saved by the Bell, the college years that plays Professor Lansky or Lasky or something. And it's a really, really great documentary mockumentary style horror film that and did eli roth produce that yeah i think he did mm-hmm. yeah that movie fucking creeps me out like no other i i can't it's a movie that i can't really watch by myself it's got a ridiculous ending it'll like literally the last five minutes of the movie are like wait guys guys <laughs> what did you do well i think exorcism movies for the last 20 maybe even 30 years have had pretty ridiculous endings yeah, and you know they're all basically the same movie. It, it turns out they're all like the same. There's not really anything new you can do. However, what I thought was great about the Last Exorcism is they at least change up the format to this kind of. It's not a found footage film, but mm-hmm. it's done like a documentary. It's presented that way, which I think makes it 
that much more successful and it allows you to capture some great really creepy images but there's some truly wonderful performances from the lead from ashley bell and uh the dude that plays uh, caleb landry does that actor sound familiar i'm just well, yeah, caleb the, landry was he played the, uh, the, brother. the brother in uh in get out that's right yeah. yes and he's and he's the brother in this mm-hmm. movie too and he's he's, he's great in it's like twin great... peaks the return Oh, is he? I don't know. I never saw and that. And there, there was a recent, I think it was like an Afghan war movie that him and uh, Scott Eastwood were in. That Apparently he was getting some rave reviews for that Black movie. Hawk Up? No, not Black Hawk Up. I'm, I'm, forgive <laughs> me, I can't remember what the name of the movie is. Black Hawk Right. I heard some really good things about that film and that Caleb Landry Jones, isn't it? Caleb I don't know. I, I, yeah. yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, he, that he was especially good in that movie. But The Last Exorcism, man, excellent, frightening, creepy movie, genuinely unnerving, really, really wonderful performances. Highly recommend it. Um, it was an interesting year for horror, and I think that it kind of helped usher in uh, a pretty uh, helping things move along at a nice, quick little pace. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, there we go. Well, to keep things moving along, let's move on. Yeah. Uh, my, my next choice, and this is actually one of my faves for... 2010 as being you know one of the best movies. Uh, it is the remake of George Romero's The Crazies. Oh, yeah. Yes, I absolutely adore this movie. Breck Eisner? That's right. Yes. And, That's uh, right. Timothy Oliphant. Michael Eisner's son. Really, for real. Yeah. He really had a son, believe it or not. <laughs> Michael Eisner's <laughs> fond of son named Breck. Yes. He came here bad people. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anywho, uh, I, I absolutely adore the crazies. Um, this is one of those, I think, rare occasions where the remake outdoes the original. I love George Romero's The Crazies and everything. It was just such an interesting um, concept. Codename Trixie. Yeah. But uh, wow. I, I think the execution on the remake of The Crazies was great. Uh, Timothy Oliphant, I love that guy. I, I'm convinced that you know he can do just about anything, um, including play a sheriff. Yes, well he, he does. He does that quite often, <laughs> doesn't, doesn't he? he? But yeah. he does it in a variety of different ways. You know, it's like you know he can do it in the old west and in the town of Deadwood. Uh, he can do it in kind of a, a Midwest Iowa farm town. Uh, is, he he can, a, is he a is he in Dreamcatcher a sheriff? I feel yeah, like he I, probably I think is. so. He also he also plays a space sheriff in uh, season two of The Mandalorian. Oh you my know? god, really? Yeah. Yeah, which is it's absolutely it's a great great role That's for him. Great. I haven't um, seen the new Star War, so I don't know. Yes. Well, you're missing out, man. Yeah, you're missing. That's out. what I hear. I I really really enjoy it. Yeah, quite a bit. Um, but the crazies is just fantastic. The execution on it. I mean, all the pieces from the original are there, and I think it's just you know that much you know better executed it's just i think it's a great film it's got some really really scary moments um especially living in 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 2020 uh that movie you know talking about a, a disease that kind of spreads rather rapidly and uh almost like a rage virus really yeah right <laughs> you know? right um you know something that we can definitely uh relate to these days uh for my birthday this year i did my birthday film fest and everything and the crazies is one of the movies that i watched for that just because i i, I absolutely love it i think it's great so uh, my friend uh worked on the uh the effects for that movie i had a friend of mine that actually worked on the effects of that movie no as well. shit yes. yeah he was uh he was running some bodies and stuff and they needed uh some extra corpses wow. and so he threw them in a van and drove them up there and uh that's awesome set them up and everything well shout out to our friends who yes. we're not naming their names no we're not <laughs> But um, you know who you are. You know who you are. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I haven't, I, honestly, I'm, I, I haven't not seen that movie since it was released on video 
Um, and I remember enjoying it. I remember liking it. So I, I, you are very passionate about the movie. It's still a movie I feel like I need to revisit again. Yeah, I, I think you should. Well, we should do that. We should sit down together. And do a crazy screening. There we go. Yeah, we'll do crazies and then we'll do a super cut of Natalie Portman and Blue is the Warmest Color and Pillow Humping. Yeah. And just see what happens between us, Yeah, even. Just see what happens I with us. I have a special pillow for that. <laughs> There's a designated pillow. Um. Our other movie here, I've got one, uh, and I think we both share this movie. If yeah. I if I if I know anything, <laughs> it's that I'm a psychic, <laughs> and I know that we have the same movie here. Um, 2010's Stakeland. Yes, is yes, that for yes, you yes. too? Well, I mean, it's on my my short list and okay. everything. It's not one of my top top picks, but definitely people should check this movie out. Yeah, it's definitely uh, on my top list. Jim Mickle and uh, Nick Demichi, yeah. the, uh, the duo that is you know kind of a writing team, uh, and of course Nick Demichi's an actor as well as being a writer, and Jim Mickle is writer and director uh, on this film. Jim Mickle shows up on my list again later for another film, by the way. Yeah. Um, further down the list here. Actually, um, I think that might be on my list too. But anyway, really? we'll, we'll save that for a little bit later. But yeah, definitely Stakeland. Uh, Man, so, so good. Tell us about it. Well, it's 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 a vampire movie, but it's like, a, first of all, it's a super low budget movie. Again, I think they shot the movie, I want to say it was like 800 grand to make this movie. They shot it up in upstate New York. Um, it's got, it feels so desolate and like, not, I don't want to say empty, but it just, it feels so, the vibe of the movie, it's it's a post-apocalyptic Do you know what it film. reminds It reminds me of The Road. I mean, it really yeah. looks a lot like The Road. It's not as much of a bummer as The Road. Like, The Road is a movie that you can't really enjoy yeah. a whole lot. But Stakeland, while it tragedy is, like, an undercurrent of the film, and there's some truly upsetting things that happen in the movie, I think it's, it's still got, like, an adventurous thrill ride kind of an attitude. Definitely. And um, it's just such a cool low budget. It feels dirty. Great characters. Great characters. And great actors, great too. Great performances. Yeah. And, I mean, it's really, really well directed. Very well shot. Mm-hmm. But Jim Mickle, I mean, man, he, like, it's such a step up from his previous movie, uh, Mulberry Street. It's But you can see, I just think it's incredible. And I... I I wish Jim Mickle was getting tons of money to make movies because he, he should have it. His movies and Stakeland is great. He also, also makes a great television series, he too. He did. Happen Leonard in the house, unfortunately. Um, not on any longer, but... They got three really good seasons out of it. Yeah, it was pretty 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 good, yeah. considering that... Great casting yeah. on that show. and uh... But Stakeland, man, um, just again, wonderful. Everything about it is wonderful. Uh and there's also a sequel, Stakeland 2, yes. that is surprisingly excellent as well. Um, but I remember in Stakeland, the first five minutes of the movie, I was kind of in yeah. based on what happens in that very beginning. Uh, if you haven't seen it, please just go out and watch it somehow. Go outside and watch it on the sun. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that that was Kelly McGillis's return to film? I didn't even know it was Kelly McGillis. Oh, really? I, until the credits rolled at yeah. the end. And I was like, who the fuck was Kelly McGillis? She was the oh. nun. Oh, my God. God, she had been out of film for ten years, man. Yeah, out of, that's out wild. Of film for ten years, and she came out of that's retirement, wild. did this movie, and actually, she's done a couple of uh, Jim Mickle and Dick, uh, Dick Mick, Nick Demichi. <laughs> Nick, d- 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 I'm sorry, Jim Dickle and Mick <laughs> Jimichi. Yeah, Nick Demichi and Jim Mickle film. Uh, they've they've worked together on on a couple of occasions, and uh, she's always great in these movies. So, if it's been a while since you've seen Stakeland, watch it again. Yeah. Anyway, that's uh, those. 
Last Exorcism and Stakeland are my two picks for mm-hmm. uh, best of the decade or best of 2010. Yeah. What do you got? I got a couple more. Um, oh, I've got, I've, I know, I know, but I'm going to go just straight to what I think was probably like my other favorite for the year 2010. Okay. And that is. Piranha 3D. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Um, pretty much the opening of this movie had me sold right there. Uh, you know, it, for fans of the original Piranha, uh, no worries. This movie goes in, uh, you know, a very similar but, you know, also a, a disparate direction as well. Um, tongue is firmly planted in cheek, as you can tell in the opening scene of this movie. Should I spoil it, Brandon? Yeah. Okay. So you start hearing before you see... Show me the way to go home. <laughs> I'm tired and I want to go to bed. And then you come across this rowboat in the middle of a lake. And it's none other than Matt Hooper from Jaws. Richard Dreyfus himself right. fishing in this little rowboat at the very, very beginning <laughs> of the movie. And then he gets eaten by piranhas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. That's yeah. it. Dude. Yeah. Once I saw that scene, I said, you know what? I'm all in. <laughs> it's it's got its its heart and its sense of humor in the right place, and I am totally sold on this movie. I saw it in theaters, and it was in 3D, and I was very excited still at that point to see 3D movies. And I, the thing that I I still to this day remember the most about the movie is the scene where (laughs) you already know, right? There's just a scene where there's a, in 3d on a giant screen, this dick (laughs) like floating in the water and a piranha eats it, It eats the dick. And just when you think it's it, it spits the dick back up. Like it vomits the dick out. And it yes, like comes but whose closer. dick is it? <laughs> What's his name? Jerry O'Connell. Jerry dick. O'Connell. Yeah. Fat kid from, from Stand, Stand By, by Me. Me. Yeah, yes. That's right. And of course, after he's pretty much been eaten from the waist down by these piranhas and everything like that, he, he turns to somebody, grabs him by the lapels and says, they, they took my penis. They took my penis. They took my penis. <laughs> now what's hilarious is... For like another episode that I was editing of this, I used that. I tried to use that sample. Yeah, I couldn't fucking find like a clean copy of just that line. Well, so it's I ended pretty up never, dirty. Yeah. So yeah, I know. But anyway, uh, yeah, Piranha, Piranha 3D. Um, and who all do we have in this movie too? Oh, it's kind of like a who's who's. Yeah, right? like a I mean, you start Lloyd. off with Richard Dreyfus. Christopher Lloyd is the mad scientist, yeah, the exposition character. Yes. He's like the Kevin McCarthy. Yeah, he doesn't really get involved in the action, but. You know, he explains there. where the piranha came from. Right. Uh, Elizabeth Shue is in there as That's well. That's right. She's the lead, right? Yes. Yeah. Adam Scott. Adam Scott, which is fucking hysterical to see him <sighs> doing an action role. <laughs> I will never forgive the trailer. The trailer spoils the last shot of the movie. Yeah. So I won't do it here. But well, we won't. Yeah. We yeah. There was a the literally in the trailer, the last shot of the film is used as the coda of the trailer. Which is the piranhas fly, yeah, right? yeah, the flying piranhas. Fly. Yeah, James Cameron shows up and he goes, "Hey, you want to make this movie better? <laughs> if the piranhas flew, <laughs> did someone say piranhas too?" <clears throat> um, what else do you have for 2010? I have another one, real quick. Do we'll you want to do mention. another? Okay, I was going to say, I'll just do. I'll do another one. We don't need to talk about it too much, but Shutter Island. Um, was a movie that I absolutely adore. Great Still, I, it, yeah. really wonderful. I don't know that I would call it a horror film, but it's it gets pretty horrific in places, and it, it does has some genuinely frightening moments in the movie. Well, Jackie um, Earl Haley, yeah, it's... yeah, and um, uh, the poor man's Robert De Niro, uh, Elias Gateas. 
is in it as well. Uh, Casey Jones Casey himself. Jones. Um, two minutes for slashing, <laughs> two minutes for hooking. A punker. And my favorite, two minutes for high sticking. <laughs> Uh, okay, what else do you have? Uh, the last thing I had for 2010 was uh, a movie called Rubber. Oh, shit. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with condoms at all. Man, I totally forgot about that movie. Yeah. I hate that I, to say that, but yeah, what a great what a great existential. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a fucking wackadoo movie, yeah. but you want to know something? I, I, I caught that late night on some cable channel, and I said, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And just sat there and watched it. And it's basically a road movie (laughs) (laughs) about a tire that has psychic powers and it goes around making people's heads explode. Right. (laughs) That's it. And that's all you really need to know. That's it. The tire just rolls around on the highways, blowing people up. But the movie's pretty fulfilling. It's got this wonderful Greek chorus uh, throughout the movie. It it feels very theatrical. it could be adapted for the stage. <laughs> I don't know. Like that would be Almost an interesting, uh, interesting yeah. adaptation. Uh, yeah, great one. So, 2010, not a bad way to start the decade off. Yeah. There's some pretty good movies there, um, which is more than I can say about 2011. I don't really have a whole lot for this year. Uh, yeah, I actually, I only like had one movie I could think of that I even thought worth mentioning. Well, let me start mine first. Okay, and you then go. go for that it, man. way Come you on. can do yours, and then I'll go mine. But mine is uh, uh, one of the most underrated and under talked about i don't even know maybe even forgotten film called detention um i don't think i saw that that's i don't think anybody did i don't even know how i saw it but it's the director is Is this for real or was this some sort of fever dream where it's like oh boy man i drank too many vodka and tonics and now i smoked a little of the herbal stuff this catnip is like the shit, man. Have you ever done that? Have you ever smoked catnip before? Actually, yeah. yeah, yeah. So have I. <laughs> I was like, ah, fuck it. Let's just try it. it no, yeah, don't no. do it. Headache. Don't do it, kids. Oh, headache. <laughs> um, however, this movie, Detention, does feel like a fever dream. It's really kind of out there. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, I guess it's a slasher movie set in a high school. Uh, kids getting murdered. But it's <laughs> you know there's another great movie like that called Cutting Class. Yeah, that's right. It's a it's a shot for shot remake of Cutting <laughs> Class. Uh, but it's the director is a guy named uh, Joseph Kahn who is a music video director. He's literally directed like every music video, like Backstreet Boys, Britney Spears, like, all these. <laughs> oh my god, I lost that opportunity. It's directed by Joseph Kahn. Mm. We could have actually screamed, and these mics would have probably handled, you want to try it. Yeah, let's okay, try it. One. Two, Two, three. three. Con! Tell us how that sounds. Smash that subscribe button. Somewhere on this planet, Shatner just shit his pants. (laughs) (laughs) The old Shat. Billy Shat just took a shit. (laughs) But Detention is just a really out there, visually dynamic movie, but it's also really, I hate saying it, it's fucking meta, but it's really meta, and it's it's, it's really self-aware. Post-modern. Yeah. It's like post postmodern. It's like post scream modernism. Uh, yeah, it's really weird. the The only thing I will say about it, just quickly, is the best thing to me, which which sold me. It's by the way from the director of Oh fuck, what was the name of that movie with Martin, the dude from The Ring, the boyfriend from The Ring, and he was in a movie uh, with a motorcycle. Oh, the Australian guy. Sorry. Yeah, I think he's Australian, and it's like a motorcycle race movie. I want to say it's called like Turbo. 
Okay, it it doesn't matter. Anyway, Turbo Kid. <laughs> it's, I don't remember what this fucking movie. Anyway, same director, so that doesn't sound like a recommendation. But the movie is full of people saying, "Like, have you seen that fucking movie? It sucks." And the best part is during the opening credits, um, it's showing everybody's names on different things, and we cut to a urinal, and somebody uh, pukes in the urinal, blah, like pukes, and then starts pissing on the puke, and it says directed by Joseph Kahn, like right. Why does in this the sound urinal. familiar to me? I don't I, know that image of of the credits and somebody pissing in a urinal. That, that sounds with, super with familiar. the directed by credit, like literally physically in the in the urinal like mm-hmm. on the urinal cake it's awesome it's a very self-deprecating movie but it's really cool it's really wild uh it falters somewhere second act I'll whatever but yeah check out. it out so anyway all right detention yes um so basically the only thing that i had that i chose for 2011 and i don't think you're a fan of this movie uh kevin smith's red state no i am a fan of red state I, I, okay. I like it um the, i because it's got our buddy Good old the Michael late, Parks. Michael Parks. He's yeah. he's uh, he is a tour de force in that mm-hmm. film. And I remember seeing it and his monologue that's ten minutes long. Stop the film dead. But I was like glued to the screen. If you took that monologue out of the film and just had it by itself somewhere, it's riveting. Totally, it was riveting in the movie. I just it. I what I loved about that movie was I never knew where it was going to go next. I, I loved that it just kind of took me by surprise often. Um, I wouldn't say it's a great movie, but I I liked. It. I mean, you know, it's Kevin Smith doing something a little bit different, yeah. you know, and I, I I appreciate that. I mean, I enjoy Kevin Smith's movies. I like Kevin Smith, you know, as I guess we could say a character. You know, I'm not talking Silent Bob. I'm talking about Kevin Smith as a character. You know, I, yeah. he's got a great love of movies. Um, but anyway, I you know I I like Red State. Yeah. Uh, another favorite of mine, uh, John Goodman. Yeah, he's is in the film yeah. as well. Um, you know, there's some political things that kind of take place in, in that film as well. Um, you know, it's kind of a siege movie, I guess, if you wanted to kind of stick that in a genre as well. Sure. Um, but, you know, it's something definitely to kind of check out as well. Uh, good flick. The only other one I have is, uh, and I I don't know that I would call it a horror film, but it kind of is a genre movie, Attack the Block. <sighs> I mean, a brilliant Didn't fucking motion picture. Yeah, but it's like made by Limeys or something, right? <laughs> I think that's right. I mean, why don't they just learn how to speak English so I, I can know. understand what the hell they're saying? Why do they talk with a damn speech defect? Yeah. Next thing, they got their hand, their fingers up holding yeah. their tea, drinking their tea. Yeah. Why do they got their pinkies up? Put it up a butt. Everybody knows <laughs> you put a pinky up a butt. <laughs> you don't hold it out with your tea. You put it up a butt. <laughs> At least they do in this state. And this is a red state, ain't it? <laughs> oh, unfortunately it is. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, but we're in a blue county, so that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, specifically, it's blue because every time you never mind. All right. Uh, moving on to 2012. 2012, the end of the world. The, <laughs> of course, the number one pick, and I think we both have this on our list. Mm-hmm. The best movie of 2012 was, of course, the film 2012, starring Nicolas Cage, uh, or was it John Cusack? It was John in that Cusack, movie? dude. <laughs> It's, Although at this point in their careers, you know, they're interchangeable. Does that not feel like Nicolas Cage could have been in them? Oh, I'm thinking of Knowing. I don't think I saw that one. Okay. That's Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Why would you have seen a movie called Knowing? The title of the movie is Knowing. Well, I kind of look at that title and say, yeah, I know something about this movie. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to watch it. Yeah. Every time I, and then 2012, I just remember always thinking like, well, what's the title? I know that the, the years there that it comes out, but like. 
it always looked like coming 2012. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, why are we talking about 2012? Because uh, you opened your fucking mouth. Sorry. That's why. Go ahead. You were misleading the audience. Go ahead, Chris. What do you got? Um, I've got a few here. Should I start with just one of my topics? Because actually, I only found like three movies that I wanted to kind of put down for okay. this year. Um, I'll start alphabetically then. Sure. ABCs of Death. Oh, all right. Yeah, an anthology. I'm film. a big fan of anthology films. Yeah. I just, I absolutely love them, whether it's, you know, Amicus and uh, <sighs> Tales from the Crypt, yes. and Vault of Horror. <sighs> Or going all the way up to, you know, Creepshow, yes. uh, Tales from the Dark Side, the movie, mm-hmm. Tales from the Dark Side, the TV show. Yes. You know, I, just, I, I love the anthology format. Um, Tales of Terror, Trilogy of Terror. Trilogy of Terror 2. Yes. Um, but, I, you know, I, I like this. They basically kind of go through the alphabet and everything, and each director has their own little... Uh, tale to tell based upon that letter and i i thought it was it was fun i have that's all i have to say i have a a movie here you probably you might have this on your list too i'll just go ahead and do this Mm -hmm. one next uh the cabin in the woods that is one of my top picks for the year yeah i mean that is my top. that is your top pick for the year i don't know what needs to be said about that movie i don't know that anything really needs to be said about it it's that hasn't already been discussed it's 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 joss and drew man they uh they really kind of threw everything in there including the kitchen sink they you know, we're getting that cinematic cocktail shaker, you know, <laughs> kind of putting in all the uh, the spirits and ingredients there and everything. Yeah, shaking it up nicely, you know, get it all nice and frothy. Take and, a sip. Let me take a sip. Yep, yeah, there we go. And how does that Cabin in the Woods taste? Oh, like Richard Jenkins. It tastes like Richard Jenkins. Mm. Well, hold, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me try. Let me yeah, try. What do you taste What's the next flavor I get here? Let me see. Ooh, mine tastes like Bradley Whitford. Yeah, we got the Jenkins and the Whitford going yeah, on. Yeah. Now, would you say it's like Bradley Whitford, like Revenge of the Nerds 2 era Bradley Whitford, or would you say it's... Um, you know, I would say it's somewhere between Revenge of the Nerds Part 2 mm-hmm. and Get Out. Yeah, okay, finely aged. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, what else do you have on your list? Uh, the last thing I have on my list for the this last year... Thing? Yeah, I, I actually only had three movies that I picked wow. for 2012. Uh John dies at the end. Oh shit! Our yeah. buddy Don, Don Coscarelli, the uh, genius behind the Phantasm. What are we going to call that? Phantasm series, right? Series, yeah, guess, series, you know? yeah. Yeah, Don Coscarelli, director of Bubba Hotep, and then he did this. It's the last movie he's directed, unfortunately. Yeah, love for him to keep going. I know. Don't how... forget Beastmaster. <laughs> how could I forget? Yeah, well, yeah, you can't forget Beastmaster. How could I forget Mark Singer? <laughs> <laughs> And those little ferrets. What are their names? What are, do you know the ferrets' names in Beastmaster? Uh, Lefty and Horatio. Are you fucking serious, or are yeah, you just making yeah, that up? I, totally. Are you making to... that up? Uh, yeah, I'm, totally, I'm totally making that okay. up. <laughs> the conviction. Okay. Um, well, as far as I'm concerned, that is what their names and are. Riptorn! And Riptorn! And the goddamn salty dog! <laughs> <laughs> um, what movie did you pick? Wait, what did you say? John Dice. Oh, John yeah. <laughs> Right. John Dies at the End is good. Yes. Which is based off of a... David Wong. I was going to say e-book? Yeah, it was published online yeah. in like chapter form. David Wong, who's a, it's a pseudonym. I can't remember what his actual name is, but um, yeah. Yeah. He's written a couple it's, of books. I think Brian Wang. Brian. <laughs> uh, the movie's fucking nutballs, man. Yeah. Uh, it reminds me of an acid trip I once had. And... Uh, 
I was completely weirded out by that movie where I'm watching the whole movie that I'm like, did I fall asleep somewhere while I was watching this? Did a whole bunch of shit happen that I just don't know about? You know, it's, it's, you know, what is it? The, the black stuff, the, what's the name of that? Group? Oh yeah. I don't know. The drug that they're yeah, all taking. The, I don't so remember what it was like, called. Black tar heroin. <laughs> One time when I was shooting heroin, um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's just, it's, it's just completely crazy off the wall and done in a way that like, it's undeniably Don Coscarelli movie for, for sure. Looking at it for sure. Um, I wish it had more money. That's my, only yeah, downside I mean, that's, that's, it. you know, and that's kind of, I, I it's think am, very ambitious, like all of Coscarelli yeah. films. It's very ambitious. Yeah, and that was one of my, I guess, my like my only criticism of Bubba Hotep was that, you know, if you had a little bit more money on this. And I mean, I think Bubba Hotep worked. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, uh, I, I, it's I, one I, of that would favorites. be on my list here if that came out in that year. But yeah. surprisingly, it's older than I thought it was. Yes, it is. <laughs> I didn't realize Bubba Hotep has aged as well as it has. Um, I got one that is a movie that people hate, but I love it. Uh, the Lords of Salem, directed by Rob Zombie. I, I I need to rewatch that yeah. movie. I don't know. You talk about you, you just you talked about an acid trip and yeah. it's a really that's it's honestly it's more like a stoner movie. It's it's like full of this doom metal this constant like droning doom metal vibe. Um lots of face paint. Yeah, it well, you know, it does its thing at the end. It it falls apart like at the very end, I guess you could say, when there's like this weird little chicken man thing. It's it's pretty insane. But And I, who was the actress that they brought in retirement for that one? Uh well th- there's oh, uh well there's some interesting choice. There's Maria Conchita Alonso oh, is yeah. in it, there's D. Wallace is in it. Maybe it was D. Wallace. There's like three women that live. she hadn't done anything since like the frighteners hadn't she no she was in house of the devil oh, and she yeah. was in some other things but um yeah there there were some other people women that played like the witches the coven of oh oh it, uh the the main witch is uh meg uh foster. foster there we go that's it that's what i, who I was thinking of yes meg foster and i uh, like shit like again i what i the movie ended and the credits are coming up, and I saw it, and I was like, wait, what? So I, when I rewatched it, I just, like, unrecognizable. Well, there was just, there was something about that movie, too, that uh, it kind of reminds me of uh, what Ryan Murphy's been kind of doing with uh, American Horror Story, and that, you know, he's bringing all these, you know, older Hollywood actresses and, you know, giving an opportunity to really something shoot meaty. the scenery. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, which, you know, from mm-hmm. Rob Zombie, you know, love him or hate him. You know, the guy has a passion for movies and he, he commits, dude. He does. He goes <laughs> full out. And it seems like a lot of the people that work with him really have a great time you know, doing the projects. Well, too. that's what I see. Like Lords <clears throat> of Salem has that to me. There's a, it looks like everybody's having a lot of fun. And the performances reflect that. I, it's not a well written movie. It's it's it is well directed. It's really well shot. Uh, it's shot in sixteen millimeter. It's uh, the DP is a guy named Brandon. I can't remember off the top of my head. Brandon. We share a name. That's why I, it was me. Full disclosure. I shot that movie. But you don't even know your fucking lenses, dude. Come on. I know. I shot on a like a sixteen millimeter. T- uh, anamorphic thing. 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 Thing.
in a 47 to 22.9875. Well, we used the 70 millimeter lens and 200 when we wanted to get a little more intimate with the storytelling. <laughs> and you got the 270 degree rule that you're following there. You don't ever want to break 270 degree. What the fuck is that voice? I have no <laughs> That's your film nerd voice. Oh, my God. Well, technically, you're talking about film. We're not, I'm talking about digital. A uh, hoodle McDoodle. <laughs> anyway, Lords of Salem, uh, I think, is great. I think it's a weird fucking movie, and I like it for its weirdness. So. Yes, well, weirdness is good. Do you have anything else on your list? No, not for uh, 2012, man. That's, well, that's it. My two picks, then, uh, and you know the other two movies that I think are the, the top of the list, 2012, uh, an Australian film called The Loved Ones is... An incredible movie, I think. That's the prom movie, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent movie. Again, not quite sure where it's going to go from scene to scene. Uh, That movie's fucked up, too. Yeah, very dark. I was like, you know something? You know, it's kind of like in in that whole Wolf Creek kind of thing where you watch that movie. It's like, oh, yeah, Australia. Crocodile. (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) But it's a lot more um, enjoyable. That's a knife. (laughs) It's a lot more enjoyable. I feel like they make a joke like that in the movie. I, I feel... I could be wrong, but um, but you I, could be right. I I could be black. You could be white. But That's the um, yeah. limited. There we go. Thank you. Right there. Thank um, you, Johnny Lydon. <laughs> uh, loved ones, man, is just uh, really weird. It is like a. It's you mentioned Wolf Creek, but Wolf Creek is not a really enjoyable film. Whereas the loved ones is very enjoyable. Very yeah, entertaining. I mean, Wolf Creek's torture porn uh, compared to yeah. you know this is. It, well, it's it's, it, it's it? pretty hard to watch. It's got some pretty horrific it's kind of like violence. Carrie and April Fool's Day kind of Yeah, but also away. Texas Chainsaw. It's yeah, like an Australian yeah. Texas Chainsaw massacre. Uh it's got the same kind of black comedy that Chainsaw has. It's, and some incest. Yeah, there's some hints at incest and again a truly brilliant performance by the lead actress in that movie whose name unfortunately escapes me right now, but she is wonderful in that. Um so yeah, loved ones. And then So if you're still in high school, um, just a word of advice, watch this movie before you go to prom because <laughs> make sure you're asking the right girl to go to prom because if you don't, you may pay for it. That's right. This is actually, uh, this was the story of my prom experience. Was it really? Yeah. Do you have the scars to prove it? Yeah. You want to see? Yeah, Here, actually look. I do. Are you sure that's not from a circumcision, dude? Okay. So whatever you want to call I... it, it was, it was whatever it was, I was 18. So, 17. We're going to snip the tip to make it look bigger. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. Let's go. Do it. Shring. Uh, my last movie of 2012 is a movie called Kill List. Um, I don't think you've seen it, Chris. Uh, ben Wheatley directed oh, it. yes, yes, yes. Have you seen it? I have not seen it, actually. No, I saw... Uh... Oh, shit. What's the one that takes place in Puritan times? Uh, a Field in England? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, this I is... I think that's the only Ben Wheatley film I've seen. Really? Yeah. Well, Kill List is incredible. Uh, and it's Im- almost impossible to talk about because it goes into some places that you don't... Again, you're not expecting, which is a... It's almost like a guarantee for me to to at least enjoy the movie more like than the I typically restroom. would. Like the ladies' restroom. Everybody expects me to go. <laughs> That's really, come on, Brandon. Come on. But uh, it's I, I I I say it like this because this is as spoiler free I think as I can get. But it does folk horror better than 
the more recent movie that everybody seemed to jack off all over called Midsummer. That it's it, Midsummer. Oh, whatever. Oh my God, the Vivitch. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> I hate this. It's you can pronounce it Midsummer, can't you? What? Well, Ari Aster says Midsummer. I don't think Ari Aster even knew what he was doing when he made this movie. That movie. Uh, look. Midsummer How about Hereditary. Do you know what he was doing then? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But Midsummer is a ripoff of The Wicker Man. It's basically just taking everything. It's like almost note for note The Wicker Man. Whereas Kill List, again, without going into spoiler territory, takes those kind of concepts and does something actually unique and original with it. That I, I insist anybody who's listening to this that hasn't seen it go find this movie, track it down, and watch it. It's a haunting film. It really is. It's it's a beautiful film. It's haunting. It's frightening. It's... Is it in black and white? No, it's not. Oh. It's not. But anyway, Kill List for the win. Uh, I would say that that is my favorite film of 2012. Okay. Uh, Horror-wise. There we go. Not counting 2012 starring Nicolas Cage. <laughs> you got to be in a Nicholas Cusack. <laughs> you got to be in a completely different mental place to right. watch that movie. Which All right. can be quite enjoyable. 2013. 2013. Okay. Well, actually, there's quite a few movies. I have a lot, too, but maybe we should just go with... Well, go you go oh, ahead. Oh, this is fucking hard, dude. I mean, I'll actually... I'll cut some of these out and everything. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to throw this out here because I think uh, we had kind of mentioned this a little earlier, and I'm just going to pull the rug out from underneath you, and I'm going to say, we are what we are. Ooh. We, there we go. Jim yeah, Mickle. Jim Mickle. Jim Mickle. It is incredible. Uh, Bill Sage... The lead in that movie is fucking brilliant. Yeah. It is such a good performance, and he is such a great actor. I love Bill Sage. Uh, he is he creates such a great like mood in that movie, and this tension is like palpable because of him. And not to discredit Jim, the director, he or Nick Demichi or Nick Demichi, who, uh, did did they write it? Did they adapt the movie? I think so. It's based on a it's a Mexican a film. A Mexican film? Yeah, okay, it's ba- and it's uh, in my it's personal a Spanish opinion, language film. Okay. Let's just put it that All right. way in case it, I'm The remake is wrong. far superior. It's a different movie too. I mean, you could actually watch them as well, companion films. Yeah, I mean, tonality and uh, you know, they kind of follow the same storyline, but it's like watching uh I have no idea what I'm going to say. Never mind. Brandon, take over here. <laughs> it's like watching a paint dry. Paint no. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so We Are What We Are is a great rainy day afternoon movie. Uh, definitely. Most yeah. definitely. But, I mean, you know, you've got, once again, the, the late, great Michael Parks is in this film as oh well. Oh, my God. Yes. And Man. also uh, Kurt awesome. Russell and Goldie Hawn's kid. Oh, Wyatt, that's right. Wyatt Russell Wyatt is Russell's in the in movie oh as God. well. Yeah, I would like. I, I need to watch that one yeah. again because it, it's really good. Um, I got one here that we mentioned briefly: uh, "A Field in England," mm-hmm. another Ben Wheatley film. I thought was absolutely batshit insane. Um, oh, I got one word for that movie: shrooms. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There we go. All right, we'll move on. Next, what else you got, Chris? Uh, let's see. For the year 2013, uh, I think I'm only going to mention two more movies for this particular year. Okay. Uh, I'm going to start with uh, Fidi Alvarez's remake of Evil Dead. Okay, so Chris, I'm going to tell you right now that that is my top pick of the year for okay. 2013. Well, I'm sorry for uh, 
stealing your thunder. It's okay. It's okay. I've got plenty of lightning to go along with it. Mm-hmm. But Evil Dead 2013 is fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. And fuck all the haters. That movie is fucking yeah. awesome. That movie is great. Yeah. It delivered on all cylinders. And much like it's it's progenitor, I guess we could say. Sure. It's scary. It's fucking scary. Yes, dude. Oh, my God. I don't... I Like, give me a cracker. I'm going to jack off all over this fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Evil Dead Ookie Cookie. Come on, boy. Uh, and that still wouldn't be as gross as some of the shit that happens exactly, in that movie. Yeah. I was. I remember seeing it in the theater, also going in prepared totally to be like, fuck this movie. Yeah. And coming out of that theater totally like this is fucking awesome <laughs> <laughs> and i but you know i was shocked that it got an r rating i was just like this is easily one of the most disgusting r-rated movies yeah. i've seen the violence is incredible the practical the, the the practical effects are killer and the cinematography is gorgeous oh, yes. beautiful it's sumptuous. so beautifully shot Yes. Love that movie. And man. I mean, the recreations, I mean, you know, it hits on all the points that you would expect to have in a movie called Evil Dead. And once again, this is Evil Dead. This is not Evil Dead 2. Or The Evil Dead. Yes. It's yes. Evil Dead. I'm not going to shit on Evil Dead 2 no in way. any way, shape, or form. But, you know, there's a there's a major tonal difference between Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2. And this one is clearly in the original... Evil Dead camp. But there's there's a tonal difference between Evil Dead and the Evil Dead, you yes. know? It's it exists in its own universe and those two universes can coexist. Yes. And it's okay. It's a it's I What about that, within the woods? Well, has any Yeah. Okay, we'll just leave it. <laughs> leave it that. Yeah, great movie. Great. Man. Excellent. And of course the the final you know, bit of that movie. I guess the post credit stinger. stinger popularized yeah. by those Marvel movies. <laughs> <laughs> One of the greatest stingers of all time. It's pretty great. Yeah. It was pretty pretty exhilarating. Yeah. Um I've got a couple of movies, but I will I'll kind of say them quickly. Um Witching and Bitching. That was my top pick right there. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. Really? Okay. Yeah, so basically I picked your top pick and you picked my top pick. All right. Well, go ahead and talk about Witching and Bitching. Uh, Witching and Bitching, this is kind of unfair to say this because it's a Spanish-language film. It's made made in Spain. Whoa, that's really unfair to say. Sorry. Sorry. I take it back. Okay. You know from Dust Till Dawn, right? Yeah. There's a very from dusk till dawn sort of feel to this particular movie sure. in that uh, the whole beginning starts out like a Quentin Tarantino heist pick. Yeah. A really weird. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> really it is, it is real strange with strange, weird masks and stuff and yeah. small children and everything and a very hysterical car chase that takes place at the very beginning of the movie. And then all of a sudden, while these criminals that have done a, a bank job are on the lam and trying to get away from the police, what do they run into? A town that is completely populated by Bruja. Yeah. And the movie changes 180 degrees from being a crime film, a quirky crime film, into a very silly but very, very weird witch movie and then it gets even weirder even weirder <laughs> like there are there are moments of like you know peter jackson dead alive yeah, really thrown gonzo, in there yes you know 
once again, you know, we're trying not to spoil a lot of these movies because these are things that we think that you guys should definitely go out and check out. Yeah. Um, but this has just got Thoroughly some shit going on. Really wonderful. And I've I've really not seen a movie quite like this in a long time, and uh, that's why you know it, it was my top pick. Nice, great pick. Witching great. and bitching. Witching and bitching. Okay, a couple other ones, real quick, that I liked. Uh, here's a movie that nobody really knows about. I think I'm sure plenty. Uh, I'm sure some of you nerds know about it, but like it's again not talked about, and it's also really hard to find now. It's called "The Strange Color of Your Body's Tears," and it's a throwback giallo made by a couple of uh, commercial directors who decided to make a really batshit like Italian giallo film. Gorgeous, gorgeous cinematography. Really weird nonsensical so i'm sorry you said this was the sweet taste of your ass's sweat that's exactly what it was called the sweet (laughs) the sweet and salty in parentheses taste of your butthole's sweat juice oh god you made that way (laughs) nastier than i i mean i was just gonna be improper and just you know make fun of your 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 movie's title but jesus christ you took that to the image sorry sorry but go smell it uh see it Mm -hmm. Uh, and then uh, the, another one, real quick, is uh, Blue Ruin, um, which is uh, like a wonderful revenge um, thriller. Where the hell do you find these films? Wait, man? you don't know about Blue Ruin? It's the guy that directed The Green Room. Is that the one about the Nazis? Yeah, with Patrick, Patrick Stewart, Stewart yeah. and uh, and Chekhov. Yeah, and it's the Anton movie. Yelkin. Yeah, Anton Yelkin, and it's the movie. It's the movie he made before Green Room, Blue oh, Ruin. Okay. He mortgaged his house. For you know, second mortgage on his house. Does he have a thing about colors? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of like his little <clears throat> thing that he was doing, and it's a, it's a really good movie. Excellent. Actually, it's a brilliant movie. It's wonderful. If you haven't seen it, I'm sure a lot of people have. I feel like it was, it was like an indie hit. Um, excellent revenge uh, thriller. But my other pick for the top of the year. This is tied with Evil Dead for me, and probably would edge it out. Well depending on what day of the week you asked me, is uh, Under the Skin. Ah, yes. Jonathan Glazer's Under the Skin, starring Scarlett Johansson and a bunch of just dudes. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) And boy, does she go through those dudes. Yeah, and you know what? It it delivers on my thing. It's got the equal opportunity nudity in it. It's one of the only mainstream, I guess you could call it mainstream, Hollywood films with an erect penis right there, front and center. Brandon likes the cop. I love seeing a big erect boner in my movie. Look, if you're going to show Scarlett Johansson's boobies, you're going to have to show some dude's dickle. All right? That's just that's the rule. Is that his Jim Dickle? Yeah, Jim you're going to have to show Jim <laughs> Jim's dickle. Uh under the skin is excuse me, but it really does get under your skin. It literally for me I could not stop thinking about it for days after the first time I saw it. Uh, I went out and bought it after that, and I, I watch it when I'm in the mood to like get fucking bummed out because it is a movie that reflects my views of human nature to a T. It's just like it's a very misanthropic film. It's just yeah, it's like just it doesn't matter how curious you are or how much you want to deny the the inherent nastiness of what it is that you do. The world and humanity will fuck you up. And destroy you. All right, you want me to say it? They'll fuck you at the drive-thru. They'll fuck you at the drive-thru. It's because they know that you're going to be miles away before you realize you got fucked. Joe, how'd you, Joe Pesci, how'd you get here? I've been here the entire time. Oh, fuck. Well, stand up. I am standing up. Oh. Hey, has anybody ever gone up on you, Joe? 
What, 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 what do you mean by that? Oh, nothing. What do you? What? 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 what, what am I, I some sort of midget to you? What? What, what is it? You fuck well, you. Fuck uh, you. Uh, can someone get Joe out of here? That's right. Fuck you. Yeah, I'm gonna fuck you up. <laughs> that's right. So that's 2013. Um, holy shit. Do we need to? Uh, do we need to take a break at all? Or are we good? I need to refill my cup. Okay, I will too. Let's go ahead and take a short break, and um, we'll be right back. Dead city And we're back. Hi. Hello. Not you. I was talking to them. Oh, sorry. But no, you two. Hi. Oh, yay. I feel included now. Thank you. (laughs) Well, we're up to 2014. We've been recording for six hours. Let's go ahead and get into 2014. I only have a couple. How about you? Uh, I I have a few. Okay. Well, then uh, why don't we start with you? Okay. We'll start with me. Um, I would go ahead and say... Go ahead, Brandon. No, say it. No, no, spit no, it we'll start, no, no, no. Talk over we'll start. me. Just usurp everything, <laughs> bitch. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I. <laughs> 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 All right. I'm for real. I'm gonna take a seven. I'll be done. The Baba Duke. <laughs> mm. Okay. All right. This is a movie um, about screaming at your child. <laughs> <laughs> a lot. A lot. And okay. your child starts to read really, really weird books that say, because you scream at me, yeah. really, a monster's going to come and take me away. Really, really like overly production designed books <laughs> that no children's book would yep. look like. All right. So you liked this movie. Um. Whoa, shit. <laughs> you, could you hear the sound of the pop screen? I don't know. It, it did like this, it's... like, you hit the thing, and then it went, yes. <laughs> I think it's okay. Yeah. It's making it through. Okay. So, see what happens when I'm you... Afraid, I'm afraid to move now. <laughs> <laughs> when you talk about Babadook like that, it doesn't like it. Um, Babadook don't look like this. So, you, you enjoy the Babadook. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah, I yeah. Mean, you know, I, I thought it was a well-made movie. I mm-hmm. thought it was original. I mean, definitely very original. Um, you know, it's Australian. Is it? Yeah. So the whole movie is upside down. <laughs> and when you flush it, it goes, it goes the, opposite the opposite direction. direction. Yeah. <laughs> you thought it was going to go in one direction when you're watching this movie? No, it goes, it goes the, other the opposite way. direction. Um, yeah. I mean, this is another one that, you know, you just have to see it. You just have to see it. You know, and... Yeah. Yeah, most people will think, well, isn't this the Australian Slender Man? Yes, that's exactly what it is. Okay, sure. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> that sounds about right. I, um, again, don't like to keep things too negative on this podcast, yeah. but uh, I'm not a fan of that movie at all. I, I actually... What do you have against Australians, man? Um, well, they go the wrong way, like I said, and ugh, they're all marsupials. That's true. Those I, pouches are kind of... It's oof. really weird. Yeah. All the women are marsupials. What the fuck? No, wait, that's Howling 3. Oh, I always get those confused with real life. Yeah. Okay, never mind, then nothing. Maybe my I need to watch Chiboa, the movie again. <laughs> it's Chiboa, Chiboa. Oh, my God. Okay, so Babadook. Um, yeah, it's on the list. I mean, sure. like I said, you know. It's, William it's, Friedkin called it the scariest movie ever made. He's old. <laughs> and I say, Bill, go back to bed, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, buddy. What are you doing? Yeah, he's... Somebody get him his meds. <laughs> what else? What else do you have? Uh, I only have two, so we'll go do a couple more here. Uh, it follows is on the list. <laughs> Twenty fourteen was the year that I hated horror movies. Yeah, yeah. You hate it follows too. <laughs> yeah. See, I thought that was one that you liked too. No, you're kind of like yes, fucking does it. <laughs> no, I really again. Uh, 
without being too negative here. Well, then shit. Let me just throw my other ones out yeah. here too. Hated it. So. <laughs> Tusk. What? Which Tusk. one? Tusk. Duh. Tusk. Oh, see, I never. <laughs> okay. I never saw Tusk. You Tusker fucker. Okay. I never. I never saw it. Um, well, I mean, I'm going to tell you two other things to think about here. Okay. Sure. Once again. The late great Michael Parks. We seem to have an ongoing theme. Yeah, that's right. With this. It's, that's right. You know, just anything that Michael Parks does, I just love. And it's about a uh, kind of a dipshit writer. That it started wants- as a podcast joke. Did it really? Yeah, it started as a joke that the dude from Impractical Jokers uh, uh, and Kevin Smith made a joke about it mm-hmm. on their podcast and. Kevin Smith, being the stoner that he is, decided to go ahead and fucking make a whole I, movie about it. So Justin Long is this shitty-ass writer who wants to go and interview – well, he interviews people and everything, but he winds up at the home of Michael Parks, who is a scientist, doctor, surgeon, jack-of-all-trades, and then Michael Parks basically surgically transforms him into a walrus. So it's like the human centipede, but, but with a walrus, with a walrus. <laughs> and less sucking of an asshole. You know? That's, yes. Uh, okay. Mm. All right. What else? What else do you have? I think probably my favorite movie of 2014 is A Canadian Gem. Ooh. Wolf Cop. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. It's, it's definitely as stupid as it sounds, but once again, tongue firmly planted in cheek. The movie is a laugh riot. I, I enjoyed the hell out of it. It's about just a, a, a drunk, shitty cop who winds up getting bitten by a werewolf and uh, has to go and defend his town against other werewolves. It's just, it's it's insane. It, it's It's a crazy, crazy movie, and... I think everybody should see it. And that's your that is your number one pick of the year of the year. Well, I mean, it's, no, a, it's, que- okay. it's a question I mean, of what is the best movie or what did I enjoy? Well, it's the not going to be the Babadook. Uh, all right, my two movies that I liked, and I don't know that I would put them on like as best of the year, but I guess by default they are. Did you enjoy them? I did. Okay. Very much so. Uh, then that's really all that matters, Brandon. Thank you. I, I mean, we I can agree. go through and we can kind of talk about the artistic merits of films that we don't necessarily like, but, you know, can at least recognize that they're well-made or that they have something going for them and that we can understand why other people may like them. Well, we'll save that other thing for our, our other podcast, Pretentious Fuckface. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but what did you like, Brandon? What were the movies that you liked that year? I really liked a movie called The Guest. Another... We don't have a guest tonight, Brandon. It's just you and me. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was deferring to our guest. What was your pick of the film? Well, I really like that movie with the guy in it where he did that thing. Uh, I'm just glad it wasn't guy. Joe Pesci that came back. <laughs> okay, Adam Wingard is the director. Dan Stevens is the star. Oh, okay. So he... Okay, got you. And it's about a guy who comes back uh, to a, a small town and says... Uh, goes to a family and says, your son... Um, who died overseas fighting the good fight for America uh, was in my um, company and he gave me some letters and I was his best friend and I just wanted to come here and tell you um, how much he meant to me and the the grief-stricken family takes this guy in and turns out he's a fucking lunatic. And it's a really batshit insane movie that again escalates and it's very darkly funny. It's the best thing Adam Wingard's ever done, hands down. And uh, what else has Adam Wingard done? He directed uh, a horrible movie to watch 
um, no, a horrible place to a horrible way to die. I think was what it was called. Your next, uh, of course, Blair Witch. He directed a segment in VHS. Um, he directed a segment in ABC's of Death. He was for Quack, the best one. Mm-hmm. He directed uh, that's that's basically it. And a horrible way to die, and then a bunch of shorts. Um, but yeah, anyway, The Guest, excellent, weird movie with a great synth score by, uh, Steve Moore of the band Zombie, um, that's also worth just listening to on its own, uh, And do you own this on vinyl? Uh, I, uh, you know what? I don't think I do. I don't have it on vinyl. I'm disappointed. Yeah, me too. Um, it's, it's pretty hard to, it's pretty expensive, I feel. Um, I've never been able to really get it. Anyway, so if anybody owns a copy of it and wants to send it to me... (laughs) Um, you can send it to 21 Jump Street, uh, Los Angeles, Florida, 3090102. Four. Four. Thank you. Six. All right. 2015, Chris, what do you got? 2015, as I spit all over myself. <clears throat> um, and me. Yes. Yuck. We are still here. Yeah, we are. We're, we've been recording we for a while. Yeah, we've been here for a while, <clears throat> and we're still here. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, we do not have in our presence Barbara Crampton or Lisa Marie. I wish. Yeah. I wish Barbara was sitting next to me and being my friend. Or Larry Fessenden. I wish Larry Fessenden was here holding my hand. What was the movie? What did you say? We Are Still Here. We Are Still Here, which okay. is kind of a haunted house movie, really. I, call, I think of it as like a Fulci homage. It's like that, like uh, the house by the cemetery, or even a little bit of the beyond. This is mostly because of the Joe the plumber guy. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of a haunted house movie. Family loses uh, a son, and so the husband and wife are kind of out in the country, and they have friends that are going to be coming out and spending time with him, and also their deceased son's roommate, um, who is the son of the friendly couple that are coming to stay with him too, but. The couple are kind of, they're woo-woos, you know, they're into metaphysics and the occult and all that kind of stuff. And they want to do some sort of seance contacting, you know, with, with their son and everything. And when everybody's kind of in town, you begin to realize that there's lots of secrets that are going about in town and that everybody that lives in the town, there's a history with the house that they're living in. And yeah. Gory. Yeah, gory. Yeah. Um, and Monty Markham's in the movie, too. Did he host Let's Make a Deal? No. no oh. That's Monty Hall. Uh, fuck! Yeah. Okay, well, then I guess but I need Monty to see But Monty Markham it again. has quite a, a film career. Does he? Yeah, he does. W- is he a writer? Or a, I mean, no, an he's actor, an actor, a director? He's been doing stuff like, you know, a bunch of westerns, did a lot of television huh. in the 50s and 60s. Huh. All right. Well, that's worth seeing for him alone. And he had really great, great hair. Oh. He looked good in this movie. Which, okay. you know, the dude's like 85, and like he was still kicking it. And it's a tube. What else do you have for 2015? Do you have anything else? Uh, for 2015? Yeah, actually, I have the Vich. Okay, that was that's my choice for best movie of the year. I just call it The Witch. Thank God. Thank yeah. you for calling it The Witch, because that's what it's a called. A New England fable. Sometimes I wonder, did the director come up with that, or is that the marketing team? Probably. The marketing... (laughs) Which one? (laughs) Exactly. Yes. The the witch is incredible. A really just 
atmospheric atmospheric dark fucking i guess you yeah i guess it's a fable i don't know it has to me one of the best oh my god when we were at your your house the party the other night and everybody was asking um best child performance in a movie i didn't even i wish i had remembered to think the kid's performance in the witch the uh the boy who has his uh moment of glory like where Mm -hmm. he sees the most beautiful thing like and is enraptured by what he's witnessing yeah his what is that called in like religious cert, like when you have your that your moment of zen <laughs> your, and now your, for your you, moment of zen that where he fuck what the fuck is that called his anyway epiphany? His, it's like an epiphany but it's like nirvana and, yeah sure where he reaches Satori? he does he reaches like the highest point that you could reach of ecstasy. spiritual ecstasy spiritual ecstasy basically um is so it's incredible it's jizz, <laughs> jizz. <laughs> it's so it's such a incredible performance, and it's like so well directed in that moment. Like uh, that movie is great. It's not gonna be like a scary movie that's got full of jump scares and is fucking whatever. It but it is truly oh, it's frightening. It's truly frightening, and that's the that's the thing I think that a lot of movie audiences these days just don't react to it's like they want the jump scares they want the gore and don't get me wrong i like jump scares sure as long as they're timed properly you know and i like i'm I'm a gore hound i won't lie about that sure but there's so many movies out there that just the impending sense of dread i think our favorite movies kind of have that you and i both personally our favorite movies do carry that that tone Mm. throughout yeah, man, uh, the witch is excellent, um, and a performance that I really thought should have been nominated for an award that year. Black Phillip, man, <laughs> that was an amazing performance. I love the director was like that fucking goat, goat was the biggest <laughs> prick. Like he hated it. it. He's like, and he said like every time I watch, I can't watch the movie because all I can think about is what a fucking asshole that goat was. I think that's what he said. He was like, that goat is a fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I've known a few goats in my day, and you want to know what? They're all they're fucking all assholes. pricks, yeah. All assholes, yeah. Well, we all do like to live deliciously, and that's all thanks to uh, the the witch. So, yeah, that's my pick for best movie yeah, of 2015. Delicious. I've got another one that I really liked. Me uh, too. Called the Black Coat's Daughter by uh, Oz. What the Black Coat's Daughter? Oh, okay, I'm sorry. What did you, you think I said? I, I don't know. What you well, said. what the hell? <laughs> The black guy's daughter. <laughs> no, the black goat's I'm sure daughter. Got, I'm sure he's got the black goat's daughter. Because we okay. finished off. Okay, that yeah, black Phillips' a... daughter. It's actually that is the sequel to the black Phillips kid. <laughs> <laughs> um, the black coat's daughter is directed by Oz Perkins, Anthony's uh, pretentious son, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's a really weird. Um, twisty turny movie uh, again has a really wonderful sense of dread. Wonderful sense of dread. Um, some pretty uh, disturbing violence uh, in it that is like yuck, like you, like a yow, like <laughs> whoa. <laughs> um, and it's just it's it's good. It's a good weird creep movie. <laughs> Uh, all right, what else do you have? Chris? Uh, let's see, what else do I have? What year are we on? 2015. 2015. Um, in the well, year 20. With the holidays fast approaching, I would like to uh, bring up the movie Krampus. Oh, yeah. Krampus. 
Krampus. Krampus. Directed, directed by Mike Doherty, mm-hmm. um, who, of course, directed um, or is famous for writing X-Men. <laughs> but now, we also have Adam Scott in this movie. Oh, that, and that's David, right. He's the lead, right? David Kettner's in this one, too. And, uh, and oh, shit. Why am yeah, I... Who else is in that movie? Is Tony? Is it Tony, Tony Collette? Collette? Yeah, Tony Collette's in there. Duh. Oh, my God. Yeah. And some fucked up little toys and gingerbread men and teddy bears. I guess I should see this one again because there are, I, I, I have a lot of friends that, I have a lot of friends. No, you don't. Oh, I have a lot of friends that really like this movie. Um, I liked it. I think a lot of people like it. Honestly, I, I, it's there's not a whole lot of Christmas horror movies. Yeah. So I think everybody wants to take what they can get. Uh, what else? Do you have anything else on that list? Uh, yeah. Fuck that year. Okay, we'll <laughs> move on. Uh, twenty sixteen. What do you What do you got? Go ahead. Um, actually, a movie that I don't think you liked, but I I like quite a bit. The Autopsy of Jane Doe. Sure. Okay. Yeah. 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 I thought that movie was really, really good. It's uh, that's Brian Cox and, and uh, uh, Timmy Dick. Yeah, Timmy Dick. Okay. No. Uh, <laughs> Emil Hirsch? Emil Hirsch, Okay. Yeah. And uh, what was it? Andre Overdahl? He's a yeah. Norwegian director, the guy that did Troll Hunter, and then did, And of course, uh, the brilliant scary stories to tell in the I like that. You movie. did? Yes, oh, I liked it. Hey, to, to take that storybook, which basically, you know, I love the stories, and yeah. of course, I love the Stephen Gamble drawings that are yeah. in there and everything. And I mean, to really kind of marry the stories and the drawings into a narrative that I thought could work. And also remember, too, it's, it's gateway horror. You said the autopsy of Jane Doe. Yes. What is that premise? It's uh, these guys. Uh, it's a father and son. They're coroners. So they're not, I mean, they're not medical examiners because they're not doctors. They actually run like a funeral home. And in some you know counties and stuff still in the United States, the job of coroner doesn't necessarily have to be for a doctor. But they go through and they perform autopsies to find out cause of death. Are you predisposed to like any movie that takes place in, in a, a funeral home? Funeral home? Uh, well, I, I, you know, yes, I am biased somewhat seeing how I grew Dr. up. Dr. Windish wants to know why. I grew up in a funeral home. Yes. So you're like a, a regular Anna Klumsky over here. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And that movie was actually shot just uh, south of where I grew up. But he needs his glasses. He can't see in heaven without his glasses. Is that what, what your, your yearbook quote was? No, my yearbook quote was, <laughs> some motherfuckers always trying to ice skate uphill. Oh, with these mics, we could do that really well. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. Well done. All right. Um, <laughs> that was my yearbook quote, motherfucker. Finger. I'm sorry, I got the giggles a little. Yeah, it's because you're a little bitch. So the autopsy of Jane Doe, a father and son coroner team have a body that's been brought in, and the odd part about it was is that at the level at which this body was found buried means that she must have been there for some time, but. The body has, like, no marks on it whatsoever. It looks like she's freshly dead, like she just died. But seriously, as deep as she was found and some of the things that were found around her, she must have been there much longer than they could think of. So as they start going through and doing the autopsy, they start finding all kinds of just strange things that don't gel. Um, You know, the lungs have, like, smoke scarring and stuff in there, as where the rest of her body doesn't show any signs of being in a fire, being burned. Um, internal organs are marked with like strange symbols or are missing altogether. 
Um, they find like <clears throat> writing on the inside of her body, and then strange things start to happen. With it turns the... out it's Kane Hodder. Exactly, Kill is tattooed in her lip. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, gee, it's fucking spoilers. Man. Sorry, Kane Hodder plays <laughs> the girl. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. I'd see it. No, I've seen it. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't hate the movie. I just. I, I really am like taking the negative stance on this episode, huh? I basically am shitting on everything tonight. I feel like. Has this been a bad decade for you, Brandon? Yeah. Okay, cool. All right, well, let's move on. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I got. We're on 2016, right? Yes, 2016. Um, I, I'll. All right. I'd like to talk about a movie called The Alchemist Cookbook. That to me is uh, probably one of my favorite movies of uh, of the year. You recommended um, that movie to me. Yeah, and highly I started. I started watching that movie, and I said. God damn you, Brandon. Really? Yeah. What, it wasn't? So it's... I just... I don't know if I'm in the right mindset. I've tried to really watch it a it couple is. of times, and I'm like, yeah, it's just not grabbing It's me. not an easy movie. It's kind of... Um, it's kind of like an improv movie. So this guy, uh, Joel Petrikas, is the director. He's like a... I think he's a Michigan-based director. Um, well, there's your problem. And, <laughs> hey, Sam Raimi's from Michigan. Uh, but I'm I'm not quite sure. Yeah, but Sam Raimi doesn't have that Michigan, you know, Detroit kind of a. Hey. Nah, he's more like, hey, buddy, hey, hey, buddy, what's the problem, buddy? But Joel uh, is a he teaches film um, at a call at college at a, at a school, and when he's able to, he makes movies, and he's made several micro budget films, and The Alchemist Cookbook is one of them. Mm-hmm. It's a micro budget film. It's basically about a guy who uh, is living out in the middle of the woods, and he's trying to conjure up a demon. That's the plot of the the plot, if you want to call it that, of the movie. And in doing so, encounters some pretty bizarre. Well, you want to know something? I know a movie where there's a guy. He lives in a house and tries conjuring up a demon. What happened? And it's more comfortable that way when you're inside a house instead of being outside. Well, he's in a small... Well, the demons show up and they basically rip him to shreds and then show him, you know, what pleasure and pain really mean. But anyway... Oh, yeah. I've seen that movie. Yeah. Fart Party 3. I tell you... Right? Is it three? That might have been four and a half. God damn it. The, oh, the DVD with the special yeah. deleted scenes. They just, like, tried to milk it and make yeah. another movie. Yeah. <sighs> I hate that shit. Um, Alchemist Cookbook has a really, truly frightening moment, a scene in the movie that is set in front of a, a fire, a campfire, where this guy, this ha, this demon has taken possession of a body and shows up at this guy's doorstep. No, it's not a bum. Because frankly, the other day I was in the drive-thru in a <laughs> restaurant, and I saw a guy walking through the parking lot, and he had demons running all through him. <laughs> all through him. Oh, my God. It's interesting you say that, because <clears throat> the director <clears throat> of this movie, Alchemist Cookbook, wrote the movie based around something very similar. He and his wife were driving through town, and they happened to look out out of the car, and they saw somebody that looked like a friend of theirs um, stumbling down the street uh, about to go into a, a door in a really weird part of town that he would never be in. And when they drove up kind of close to kind of see what he was up to, he looked at them, and he looked... The, like a demon version, a demonic version of their friend. And no. it scared him so bad. Do not see me. 
it scared him so bad that he wrote this movie and the scene that I'm talking about is basically that where this guy shows up does he still have the shit caked underwear from the day that he uh, saw that guy yeah I think he probably does have it I mean he's he does he uses it as a bookmark for the script yeah all right anyway Alchemist Cookbook is a really weird uh, micro budget movie that if you're into that sort of thing if you're into kind of plotless um deviations I like it's just a it's just a character study um it's and there's really not much going on if you're in the right mindset for it it's really really worth watching it's got some really funny scenes as well highly recommend uh alchemist cookbook if you're in that zone what else you got chris uh let's see it would be kind of hard to go through the year 2016 without mentioning don't breathe yeah man that's on my list here too buddy yes uh, another Fetty Alvarez film, yes. director of Evil Dead, 2013. Yes, and Stephen Lang. That's right. And Jane Levy returning. Yes. That's a great movie. Yeah. It also has one of the most, you know, it's hard, we're both this way, it's kind of hard for us to be shocked by something in a movie, but Don't Breathe has a scene, a moment in the movie that I literally stood up in my house and was like, holy fuck, what? Uh, involving syringes and semen mm-hmm. uh, and throats. <laughs> that was literally shocking to me. It was shocking because Brandon didn't realize that somebody had been spying on him and used elements of his own life on screen. It is based on an incident that happened to me in band camp. Yes. Don't Breathe is an excellent movie. Um, I got another one. Yes. Uh, I actually have two, but I'll... Neon Demon. It's on my list. Is it? Yeah, it Sweet. is. Sweet. Neon Demon um, f- uh, uh, from, uh, uh, what's his name? Nicholas Winding Refn. <laughs> Who brought us uh, Drive. Drive, um, yes. The best werewolf movie ever made. And, Beyond the Pines? Uh, did he do Beyond the Pines? Is Beyond the Pines? Yeah. Yeah, and he also did uh, the one that, after Drive, <laughs> that everybody thought was going to be Drive. Only God Forgives. Yes. Um, and also Valhalla Rising is Valhalla another movie. Valhalla Rising, man. I'll He's, watch fucking Mads Mikkelsen yeah. gut people oh, all man, day that's long. That's a great movie. He, he, I actually think uh, <laughs> Nicholas Winding Reference is a great director, if if not, you know. He also did, I mean, Pusher was pretty much what put him on the map, though. Yeah, and Pusher, the, and also Bronson. Yes, Bronson. That was well, the other one. Pusher and Pusher 2 and Pusher 3. Yeah, and... yeah. And he's also supposed to be doing a remake of Maniac Cop. Not sure if that's going to officially happen. Yeah. Yeah. Which sounds like a marriage maiden. Hell, dude. That's a marriage maiden hell. (laughs) And I love it. And I will be there opening night with bells on. Neon Demon is a really interesting uh, uh, story about moving to Hollywood. And uh, as someone who spent some time in L.A. living there and um, experiencing some of the excruciating um, growing pains of living in that city, it is pretty <laughs> honest in its depictions of things. And uh, it has, w- again, to me, one of the more frightening scenes in a movie in a long time uh, where she's the main character. Uh, what's her name? It's uh, actress, one of the Fannings. One of the Fannings. Um, <laughs> is uh, in her... Ho- L Fanning? In L- yeah, uh, in her hotel room. Um, and she's just so happened to lock the door and uh, somebody comes by and tries to open up the door. 
And because it's locked, this person can't get in. So he instead moves over to the next door and is opens it because it is unlocked where there's another young aspiring actress living and proceeds to brutally assault her. And we never see it, but we can only hear it through Ellie Fanning's uh, ears and door, basically. And it's a really, uh, it's pretty rough. It's, Someone's at the door. Which is a fear of mine. So um, anyway, yeah, Neon Demon Man, great, weird, great movie. Uh, nice and mean-spirited. Um, another one with the word demon in the title is a movie called Demon um, from 2016, which is kind of hard to, dis- to describe as a horror film. Isn't that the Polish wedding or whatever? That's right. Have you seen it? Uh, that was another one you recommended, and I started watching it. I Honestly, I have not finished it. Yeah, it's another one where it's like you have to be in the right mode, I think, for that. But it's uh, it's one of those movies that really got under my skin. Um, again, I was for days I could not stop thinking about it. It's not a really That's scary chiggers or heroin. Yeah, man. I have to look at, into what's going on with my skin because I think this... I knew a dermatologist. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, man, uh, Demon is a really weird movie, and it's it's actually extremely tragic story. The director, the guy who made the film, uh, it's I mean, the movie feels extremely autobiographical. He had just married um, a woman, his wife, took his film, which is about struggling <laughs> to get married, uh, took it to the a film festival, and when afterwards it premiered, he hung himself in his hotel room. Um, after the the world premiere of his film, I, I knew that going in, and I watched the movie, and it really felt like a it really felt like a suicide note. I don't have like a, I'm not trying to be like any like it really had a kind of really disconcerting vibe to it because of that. Um, so it feels like a, a cry for help, but at the same time, it feels like a statement, and uh, I feel. Anyway, it's just a really weird movie. It's a happy movie. It's not a happy movie, but it's also a lot about um, how, you know... Well, people trying to create a life together, too, because I think the whole opening of that movie is that, you know, they're buying a house and then they're remodeling the house. And and that's where they're getting married is at the house. And the house is uh, underneath it. There are some corpses that are buried there. Um, And the movie is really about how uh, Polish people... Um, their, and their their guilt over the over their uh, lack of or their participation in uh, the Holocaust, and it's a really kind of just it's just a deep sad film, but it is a really wonderful film at the same time uh, at its core. Highly recommend it if you're in the mood for a kind of like a art house uh, pseudo horror film. There you go. It's not going to scare you, but it will probably get under your skin if you're into it. Um, moving on. 2017. Moving on. Oh, unless you have another one. Do you have another movie for 2016? Oh, shit. Looks like I have a whole other section of 2016. Holy right? yeah. fuck. There's tons of movies that came out that year that we didn't even talk about. Um, <clears throat> actually, I'm going to throw out two just so we can kind of keep things sure. moving along here, too. Train to Busan. Okay. Which I think was an it's an excellent Korean zombie film. I mean the whole thing takes place on board a train mm-hmm. as this outbreak is is taking place. Um kind of an absentee father is trying to get to his daughter. Um there's a whole other series of characters that are on board the train with him. And um you know, it really is about the love that a father can have for his daughter. And you know, 
deep down, no matter how hectic life gets, you know, that, that, that simple desire to make sure that your children are safe and taken care of and the sacrifices that you're willing to make in order to keep them safe. Um, you know, I, I'm a father, I have two daughters and at the end of this movie, I cried like a little bitch, just like the characters in the movie. Yeah, I mean, I seriously, the 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 ending of this movie got to me so much that I cried like a little bitch. Um, it just it it hit me on that level, which was something that I had not anticipated. You know, it's like I'm I'm the zombie guy. You know, it's like I've yeah. I've been a, a fan mm-hmm. of zombie films for much longer than this zombie doldrums you know that we're in right, right now and everything i mean you know, I, th- I think i the- liked them before the <clears throat> walking dead train to busan hits in a completely different way you know the the zombies are treated very very differently to kind of have an asian perspective on that i think was fresh and exciting and i thought it was a great movie um and i said i was gonna try to keep this short yeah <laughs> that's not working i got one other movie what else uh the void all right, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Which the, is Canadian uh, Astron film. Six dudes. Yeah, or Astron. Was it Astron Six? Is that right? I think that's right. But um, you know, this whole kind of cultish Lovecraftian stuff that takes yeah. place in a hospital. I mean, there's a lot of things that kind of harken back to Halloween Two. <laughs> yeah, uh, in this movie, um, I I loved it. I mean, I thought it was you know just there was it zigged where I thought it was going to zag and. Uh, I thought it was just, you know, this really, really awesome, awesome kind of cultish movie. I mean, literally cultish. I mean, that scene where yeah, they right. look out the windows of the hospital and they see all those people in the white robes standing outside <laughs> where it's like, OK, I guess we're not getting out of here. Sure. It was like, shit, man. I mean, there's just there's some images, and especially when they get down into the basement of the hospital, when you find out, well, it's not just a hospital. There's other nefarious things that are taking place in here. And it's on a very cosmic level as well um i thought it was pretty cool i thought it was uh, a a lovecraft homage that in some ways was better than the actual lovecraft well we that takes us into 2017 mm-hmm. and i have a couple for 2017 okay. uh, i want to just briefly mention a movie that i thought was really really wonderfully directed really cool movie with a really interesting monster and that would be david bruckner's the ritual a movie about Toxic masculinity and a movie about um, how you age and realize that the friends that you used to be close with have now moved on to separate lives and there is a distance between you that causes friction that could eventually <laughs> come back and fucking like kill you. another movie that we've talked about before. What? What movie? Uh, I, I don't know. I think it might be giving some spoilers out. Oh, really? For, yeah. for the er, earlier episode? Is for it a spoiler? Because it would be an earlier episode. Well, it is an earlier episode, but that has, episode hasn't been released yet. Yeah, but it? it'll be released before this one. Oh, that's true. So, so what I... does it remind you of? Uh, World's End. Oh, yeah, sure. Okay. It does kind of have that little bit of a vibe to it yeah, in a way. It does. Yeah. Except and it's this... also got a very similar character in that uh, Rafe Spall... Oh, holy it. fuck. That's right. And Rafe Spall is in another of the Coronetto trilogy. Wow. Good call. You got red on you. That's right. Good call. Hey, dead. And he's also the, the, the son of Timothy Spall. Yeah, he's the son of Timothy Spall, who yeah. played Dr. Polidori in Ken Russell's Gothic. All right. And he was also the star, uh, co-star of The Dream Demon. 
anyway, David Bruckner directed it, and he did a truly great job. I think most people don't understand what a director's job is when it comes to making a movie. Um, and They direct the picture, Brandon. Yeah, but I don't think people know what that really means. And I think that it – You move now, the furniture, <laughs> a.k.a. actors, sure. around the stage. Well, it's interesting that you say that because you have a movie like It Follows that I do not – I would not say is – well directed with its actors i don't think it pays any attention to its actors and do you say this because you yourself are a director brandon i wouldn't know what that what you're talking about i know nothing about this i am Directors? a program director for uh the dead city drive-in oh. uh, that's about the only thing i know how to direct director <laughs> um and the ritual just really the way that the relationships play out the way that the actors interact with each other. It does not seem like they showed up on set and did it. It seems like they all spent some time and it feels uh, rhythmic in the way that a, I think a good director handles things. And there are backpacks. And there are <laughs> backpacks. Anyway, the ritual, quickly mention that. Um, go ahead. What do you got? Let's see. For 2017, uh, there's a movie. It's a Mexican film called Beelzebuth. Um, all right. That's 2017, huh? Yeah, 2017. It came out a couple of years ago. Um, and this was one of those movies It was just absolutely shocking. You know, I talked earlier about being a dad and being affected by Train to Busan. Uh, this movie hit me in a completely different level because this was about child murder. Okay. I haven't seen this one. Um, it's on, like, Shudder right yeah, now. Yeah, it's on Shudder. Um, yeah. It's 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 a Mexican film. It's got, uh, well, lots of I mean, of I don't know why I haven't it's, seen it's it. It's filmed in Mexico. Mexican actors, but there are American actors that are in there as well, filling out some of the other roles. So it's kind of half English, half Spanish. Um, but uh, there's, every few years, a series of murders of children. And this one police detective who was also kind of a victim in that one of his children was killed in one of these accidents. Well, it's not even really an accident. You know, these weird acts that take place where a series of kids dies. You know, there's a spree that happens in a hospital with children. There's one that happens in a school. Um, And so the detective that's been assigned, you know, the case or kind of looks into the case just because he's partly a victim in this as well, uh, is confronted by a group of paranormal investigators. And, uh, you know, he's like, this is all bullshit. You know, I, what, what the fuck are these people doing here? But there is some kind of information coming down from on high that you need to cooperate with these people a little bit and everything. And then all of a sudden these strange things, you know, from an evidence standpoint starts happening. You know, it's like they find at this one murder scene where a bunch of school children were gunned down. There are footprints all over the ceiling. You know, the, the paranormal crew, which like they're paranormal forensic investigators. Okay. They bring in uh, some equipment, you know, black lights and stuff like that. And you all of a sudden find that, like, there's footprints all over the ceiling and Uh everything. And they're like, what the hell is going on here? And then later on, they start to put together the clues to find out that there was a cult that uh, had its own kind of church and everything. And that child sacrifice might have been a part of it. And there's a, a scene where they actually go into this deconsecrated church and everything, and they confront a demon within the church as well. And then, of course, that leads them into a series of catacombs and everything, and they interact with someone that they think might be a member of the cult itself, and it turns out, no, he's actually a uh, guardian, I guess, that's okay. out to kind of fight these these dark 
it, it's you know there's just there's a lot going on in here. There's some interesting set pieces. The acting is really good. It yeah, sounds like a, a companion, a perfect companion piece to a movie that would be on my list here for 2017 called Terrified, which is oh, yeah, also a yeah. Spanish language Spanish film, language film yeah. um, that has some kind of very similar uh, concepts mm-hmm. going on in it. Terrified is uh, another movie that has an atrocious poster and like cover art that you're like, this looks like a fucking stupid fucking mm-hmm. movie. This looks like fucking scary stories to tell in the dark part two. Uh, and it that movie's chilling, man. And it's on Shutter too. Terrified. It really is genuinely unnerving. Um, footprints on the walls of a mm-hmm. dead child walking around, and there is a sequence. There are several wonderful moments in that movie, uh, but none for me more uh, creepy and freaked me out than when they are basically interviewing the corpse of a boy, a little boy who has somehow made his way home. Uh, is a really, <laughs> a really creepy little moment uh, and with his little glass of milk. Uh, the less said about Terrified, the better. Go go check that one out, too. I got one more for 2017. Okay. That is also the highest grossing horror film in history. And that is It. Chapter uh, One. Chapter mm-hmm. One. I was a huge fan of the movie, of this movie. I... I, I, it's probably unpopular opinion to like this movie because of, but I, honestly, man, I think the movie is brilliant. I, I think it it does an excellent Chapter job. Chapter one hits it out of the park. Of yeah, really does. And you know, we both are fans of that novel. Like for me, it's one of my favorites of all time, and I consider it one of the greatest American novels ever written. <clears throat> the movie uh, just does it does an excellent job of adapting a really difficult coked out book and uh you know like yeah and i I mean i love reading that book because every time i read it i'm like cocaine you can tell where the cocaine is yeah it's Uh, called maximum overdrive (laughs) (laughs) but the movie's great i I don't know what else there is to say about it that hasn't already been said um i i will say local connection Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, Owen Teague. Owen Teague, uh, your was taught. Yes. Everything a, he knows, he was, learned yeah, from my wife. <laughs> well, but that sounds bad, doesn't it? Uh, no. Uh, Owen Teague. He was a, a student at uh, Blake High School for the Arts, which is where I went to school. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So you're an alumnus of Blake High School. That's right. That's... They used to have uh, my picture on the wall. <laughs> yeah. Well, like <laughs> uh, they took it off after the porn. <laughs> Chapter one, wonderful. I unfortunately. Can't say the same about It Chapter 2. So that movie will not make it on my uh, best of the decade list. 2018, what do you got? Oh, I didn't get to finish with 2017. Oh, shit, you had more? I'm sorry, I got to bring one thing up, which I know you're not a fan, but get out. No, that's not true. I am a fan of, well, no, okay, you're right. I'm not a fan of it, but I I did like the movie. Okay. But I'm not a fan of it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think it was just an amazing film. I really do. I think that the writing was spot on. I thought the characterizations were spot on. I thought the timing of the release of that film. And, of course, it's the sort of thing that, you know, and this has been said about before, but a white audience can go out and watch this movie and, you know, have one level of enjoyment a black audience is going to go out and experience something completely different when they watch this movie um and you know i enjoyed it i thought you know the uh the territory that was being tread there was just nightmarish absolutely i mean literally and figuratively um but 
it was a nice balance of humor in there as well. You know, the tension was cranked up like the thumb screws in a fucking torture chamber from <laughs> the Spanish Inquisition. And no then, one expects the Spanish Inquisition. Uh, and then that tension gets relieved, you know, with some really, really great, great fucking humor in that movie. Um, and yeah, hats off, man. Hats off to uh, Mr. Peter Get there. out. 2018, Chris. 2018. Oh, shit, man. There were a lot of fucking movies. Really? 2018. Oh, that were worth it? Dude, they're movies that we agree on. That's true. I'll get the one out of the way that we oh, don't yeah, agree go, go, on. Go, go ahead and spit it out. There, I'm going to go ahead and tell you I enjoy the remake of Suspiria. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was a, a really interesting take on material that should probably never be readapted. If you're going to do a remake of Suspiria, I, I, I mean, I got to tell you, I feel like that's the way to do it. It's like an anti-style, stylish film that creates its own style. Because of that, it has one truly wonderful um, sequence where a woman gets twisted up as a, uh, while dancing that probably is what carries the movie for me like when i when we were talking it's about it earlier scene. that scene, scene i think yeah. is like the the thing that holds that movie together because it, it the movie itself isn't is not an excellent film but there is some truly wonderful that that being the key thing i wanted to like this movie so much i yeah. was so excited when i heard that they were redoing suspiria um, when I heard that, you know, Luca Guadalajara, and botch the Italian here. That's Guadading Dong. Guadading Dong. Yes. Luca Guadading Guadalcanal. Luca Guadalcanal. Was it Guadagnino? Yeah. Yes. Um, but anyway, when I thought it was a good director to be tackling this material, you know, make sure another Italian does it. Um, I'm such a huge fan. Yeah, we of both the Argento. are. Yeah. Uh, and I thought, you know, where Argento's movie is more style over substance, I was hoping that we were going to get some substance with some style added to it. Sure. Um, and, you know, we had talked about this before um, in kind of a private conversation that we were having. Um, hey, that was private. You're not supposed to. Well, I'm going to spit it out all, all over right. the place here. Go ahead. No, that um, that movie is lesser than the sum of its parts because I can go through and I can start picking lots of things out of that movie that I think are absolutely brilliant. You know, the score I think is brilliant. Mm -hmm. The cinematography is Mm -hmm. fantastic. The art direction, the locations are fantastic. The acting is really, really good. Um, But it just seems long drawn out. It's way too long. It is really long. And by the time you get to the third act and everything, it just seems like they're rushing to conclusion here. I am with you on that. And uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't put it on the top of my list for yeah, sure. And that's what just really disappointed me about that movie is that yeah. I wanted to like it so, so much. And uh, I felt that, it, you know, I was let down a little bit. All right, you motherfucker. Then yeah, what did you say? You. What would you say is a good one of 2018? Uh, Yeah, well, fine. I, you know what? I'm going to just throw fucking down right now. There's a couple of things I could throw down. I'm going to throw this one down. Panos Cosmatos. With Nicolas Cage in Mandy. Yes. Yeah, man. That movie blew my mind. It did. It literally blew my mind. Yeah. I loved all of the drug stuff. Yeah. I mean, like, it's totally <laughs> accurate. <laughs> I, lo- I mean, it's it just, but it also has, 
you know, I, I get really frustrated when people are like, Nick Cage. Because he's so divisive. But people who are like, Nick Cage is not a good actor. He's become a parody of himself. I guess. But this is a this is the movie, or a movie, where you can point at it and go, tell me this guy is no good. Tell me he's no good, you fucker. His scene, his one-take sequence, where he downs a oh, bottle. Fuck that. Before you even get to that and everything, the fact that everything prior to that scene is so quiet yeah. and subdued. Yeah. And, I mean, Cage is so, I mean, he just, he underplays everything in there. Here's a guy that, you know, you can tell that beneath the surface he's damaged. Sure. And he's tired because of that. Yeah. And so he's just, there's a sadness that's at the core of the performance. And then when you get to this climax where Nicolas Cage has this amazing breakdown scene, <laughs> and as so Brandon good. said, his, his one-take scene it's here. so good. And he just lets it all out. And that allows, I mean, that is, I think, the linchpin for the film, where this movie transitions from being one type of movie into the crazy-ass revenge flick descent into hell that it is uh and and that is that is the key moment in this film where just everything flips into the upside down yeah and yeah. uh this this movie goes fucking i'm not gonna say it goes off the rails because i mean it it stays on the rails <laughs> but it is a runaway fucking train yeah, and those rails go point. right up your nose <laughs> right up your nose <laughs> Out your asshole, then it circles back around, comes in through one ear, goes out the other ear, and then gets you right in the dink dink. <laughs> um, all right, so I want to say my uh, favorite movie of 2018, and uh, I think it probably is going to take the cake. Not that we're doing this, but the best movie of the decade. I, I, I For me, I think the best genre film of the decade is uh, this one. I'm going to go ahead and just make that claim. Spit it out, you motherfucker. Hereditary. I cannot get enough of Hereditary. Everything about that movie it is a success to me. Um, In the theater, we talk about the thing called the well-made play. Yeah. Where everything that is put into that is in service of the central story. Yeah. I mean, everything. And I, I think that you could kind of apply that moniker to hereditary as well. Check off severed head. <laughs> exactly. Check off severed head. Well, and I mean, here's the other one too that, you know, I don't even know if we want to call it a red herring or anything or black and blue herring that's kind of with covered with some red and some ants. Um, but I mean, this movie keeps you fucking guessing the entire way. You think it's one type of film. Well, you think that's like going to be the most shocking image of the movie. And you're and like, it's not. It's no, absolutely it not. It gets a whole yeah. hell of a lot more fucked up from there. It's also, for me, it ticks off a, 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 a box that I, I really enjoy. It's really funny. Yeah. I, I mean, it's probably not superficially funny but it's got uh, a really great dinner table scene which to me is like the uh, the the whether or not the movie is excellent or not is does the dinner table scene succeed and this movie has a great and one. of course you hold that all up to like the mother of dinner table scenes that would be texas chains that's Master. correct absolutely is one it's it's pure insanity and it's really funny because it's so extreme and you know if it was like a tim and eric thing it would be funny it's because it's like well maybe not in your opinion but yeah, it would be it, it would be uh 
done, it's it gets to a point where it becomes absurd. And honestly, Hereditary does too. Uh, it gets absurd. the The ending of the movie is like, you know, what the fuck? It's so insane. Headless corpses floating into tree houses. You know, like what? Everything that was subtle about the movie stops being subtle. Like it's it's a slow burn movie that is seems designed to be a subtle quiet horror film but it is not it is not subtle at all no. and it's really in your face it's really aggressive really mean spirited and because of that i like there's a comedy in there there's just a really bleak <laughs> i mean that says probably more about me than it yeah, does you're about sick the film fuck, dude. <laughs> I mean, really... but i i you know like i think it's i think the performances are fucking incredible right down the line the fact that tony collette not that Oscars mean fucking a single thing, but that she wasn't even nominated. That performance is undeniably brilliant. Her son, former Disney star, is fucking incredible. What, one of the Naked Brothers? Yes. Uh, yeah, Joaquin uh, Naked. <laughs> 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 and then his brother River Naked is in, uh, what is it? It's Indiana in- Jones 4. No, no, Death Note. Oh, Huh? Yeah, you know Death Note the well, I guess there's Death Note the manga, but and then the, there's the, Death Note the anime, and then there's Death Note the one where they get Willem Dafoe to be the voice of Yeah, that's oh, by the way Adam Wingard I think directed. <laughs> Did he? I think so. I could be wrong, but But I, yeah, Death Note that Netflix put out yeah. everything like that. I guess the other Naked Brother is in that one. Oh, okay. I don't know. Yeah. All right. So, but yeah, man, fucking Hereditary uh the first time I saw it really hit me i it it is also frightening there's a scene early on in the movie that is f- creepy chilling frightening with a with an old woman in a room um there and by the time it reaches its climax it's just batshit insane and uh it represents everything that is like truly wonderful about uh low budget independent filmmaking um and it just shows that there are actually writers and directors out there who can still kind of do it and bring it. Yeah. Um, like the writer and director of Midsummer. But you know, here, this is interesting and this will bring us into 2019. I don't, I'm sure you have, do you have a few other movies for 2018? I had two more, but I'm only going to bring up one because the other one is quite obvious. Okay. Uh, and it's just because I enjoyed it. This was part of my weekend double feature. I've told you this story too. Um, I had, my family out of town, so I was stuck at home alone, so I just started going to movies night after night. And uh, I went and saw Suspiria and was disappointed with that. But there was another movie that I saw that weekend that I absolutely adored, and that is Overlord. Yeah, man. Which, a lot of fun. You know, World War Two, you know, paratroopers, D-Day. It feels like a heavy metal. Fucking Nazi. Magazine movie. You know, dark occult science yeah. that's going on here, creating their own kind of zombies. And you also get fucking Wyatt Russell. Yeah, Wyatt Russell, who is doing his best to get into people's minds as the next actor to play Snake Plissken. Oh, dude. <laughs> I mean, he totally proved in this movie that he could fill his daddy's yeah, shoes. Yeah, man. Okay, good if they call. Did, good call. If, 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 you know, they've, it's been in, in developmental hell for 
a over, while. Well over, you know, probably close to two decades now doing a... Wyatt Russell won me over in Overlord. Oh, yeah. No, he was fucking awesome. Yeah, That was, was a great part for him. He was. He was a hard ass, but, you know, it's He's like, a shithead, but yeah. then he turns into, like, the character that you're, like, yeah, rooting dude, for. You fucking know, badass, He's like the dude. dude in the Dawn of the Dead remake, uh, TJ, the, the security guard that you hate. Yeah. And then by the end of it, you're like, fuck yeah. Yeah. And he sacrifices himself. Yeah, man, Overlord's a lot of fun. Um, I just wanted to say this about uh, Hereditary to take us into 2019, because mm-hmm. you mentioned Midsummer, And, you know, the thing is, is Midsummer was made, I think, too quick. I really think that Ari Aster needed to spend a little bit of time <laughs> and rewrite his script. Um, he did the opposite of what... Um, the director of The Witch did. The Witch was made in 2015, and then he spent a couple of years really taking his time for his next movie. And to me, it shows. Uh, and that's on my list for 2019 is uh, Robert Eggers' The Lighthouse, which in some ways I prefer to The Witch because, again, it's batshit insane. Yeah. And it's really funny. Yeah. It's fucking hilarious. It's got a really wonderful dark streak through it, and the performances are brilliant, and it's a um, – it transcends a bottle story. You know? Yeah. It's like it is just in this one location, but it's grander than that. And f- honestly, the scene where fucking Robert Pattinson just decimates a seagull <laughs> – it's worth the price of a mission alone because you're just like, yeah, fuck the seagull. It's yeah, hilarious. but anybody that's ever read the rhyme of the ancient Mariner knows that that's fucking the stupid, worst thing you could man. do. And of course, Willem Dafoe lets him know that that's too. Right. Go, fucking moron! Everybody kind of gets what they deserve in yeah. the movie. It's got a moralistic uh, hue to it, but it's not like so like overt that it's just disturbing. It's more about um, who's the dude that stole the fire from the gods? Prometheus. Prometheus. It's really that story. Like, that's basically what it is. Tied down to the rock at the end, you know, like, the sees the light. Yeah. eats his liver every day. Yeah, so it's basically that. But then the he l- spends an hour beating off. Yeah. But the light, <laughs> right? <laughs> Furiously masturbating. Hey, what is it about lighthouse movies? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that I, that's the common thing that I just, I'd never realized. But there's there's tons of them out there. Well, we brought it full circle with the masturbation. Yeah, that's true. We yeah, got yeah. a furiously masturbating <laughs> Natalie Portman <laughs> down to a furiously masturbating Robert Pattinson. Yeah. Which one did you like better? I was actually disappointed. I was hoping to see Willem Dafoe kind of just, you know. Join in. No, hey, no, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> Let me show you how to do it. This is called a rusty trombone. All right. There's another movie that we almost mentioned uh, in 2018. Almost, but but yeah, it's 2019. Go, Go ahead. What is it? You tell it. It is a German film called Luz. Oh, my God. L-U-Z, Luz. Now, did we both just watch it at the same time? and then we... I, I think so. And then, like, just kind of, an, oh, hey, dude, I saw this fucking movie. Me and stuff too. Like that. Oh, God, it was awesome. <laughs> and then when we realized that we were talking about the same movie, it was kind of like, whoa, it's yeah, yeah. awesome. It was great. And, it, and then, actually, I remember coming over to your house. And it was like on in the yeah. background, and we just kind of like watched it. <laughs> we were like working on the show. We were like, what's the show going to be? And then we just started watching it, and we were like, Let's watch the movie again. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great movie, man. Lose is a great movie. Tillman Singer is the director, mm-hmm. and he fucking... 
directed the shit out of it. Oh, I mean, my God. The theatricality dude. of the film and everything just kind of creates this whole other world with quality. Um, what he has his actors do, transitioning between scenes, uh, you know, the, the whole juxtaposition of time and place and action. You know, just if, if you go all the way back to the fucking unities and, and you know, Plato and Aristotle and the poetics and everything, it's just it, it, it has everything that you could possibly want in a storytelling situation. And it does it so cleanly, so efficiently and with it's, it's minimalist. You know, that's the other thing about the movie is that just, you know, there's not a whole lot of crazy effects that are done in it but the theatrical touches that the director puts into this makes these scenes so effective and so haunting and the performances are out of this world yes man they are brave performances you know um the dude uh that the 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 the, psychiatrist the psychiatrist fucking incredible committed brilliant performance and the 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 woman that plays the lead is Mm -hmm. Everybody is great in it. I mean, it's like, what what are the locations that you have in this? I mean, seriously, you have the taxi, you have the bar, you have the bathroom, and then you have, like, the examination room at the hospital. Yeah, and it feels like it was shot at film school. Like, it feels like it was shot in, like, classrooms in school. You know, like, it just, it has that. And actually, in fact, the movie was... Uh, Tillman Singer's thesis film, master's thesis film. Expanded upon it, right? No, that, it was kind of like a Dark Star, John Carpenter okay. scenario. He um, made it as his master's thesis, and then I, I don't know if he was given money to finish it in post, or like John Carpenter was made given money to expand um, Dark Star into Dark a, a further feature. We'll probably end up one of us will be picking Dark Star for a feature at one point, I imagine. Um, and of course, if you've listened to our uh, Killbots episode, you'll have maybe caught a little bit of a Dark Star reference. Um, or, or rip-off, depending on if you're a dick! <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, man, 2019, that was loose. What, do you have anything else for 2019? Uh, let me see here. Let's see. Uh, actually, yeah, there's a documentary that came out in 2019. <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> Called Horror Noir. Okay. Which yeah, yeah. was part of the reason. I mean, I knew that this doc was coming, and uh, when they f- announced that they were doing this documentary, that's part of the reason I got Shutter was because I knew that that was the only place I was going to be able to see it, and I wanted to see that documentary, and so I, uh, you know, got the service and everything, and then a couple months later, that's when they released it, and it's basically the story of you know the African American performer in cinema, specifically horror cinema. Um, and kind of the role that black actors have played uh, throughout history in the genre. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's there's a personal connection that I have. When I was in college, there was a pluralism class that I was taking, and I wrote a paper specifically on that, you know, the role of the African-American actor in the modern horror film and the evolution of how, you know, black actors have been viewed in service of a story and then actually moving to the point where they're able to kind of take the reins and, you know, be some of the the best storytellers out there. So, um, what did you get on that paper? I got an A dude. Oh, okay. I don't know if you had like a racist professor who was like F no, (laughs) not in the least. I mean, what racist professor would go through and teach a pluralism class? Um, well that'll take us into 2020, and what would – I mean, I think that there's probably – if we were to pick the scariest movie um, of 2020, I think it's probably unanimous. That would be 
2020. 2020. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that anything really holds a candle to you. Well, that. I mean, also, too, because we, <laughs> they shut down the fucking movie theaters. Yeah, there was a whole know? lot of stuff that came out yeah. in 2020 that was really worth talking about. Um, not to say that anybody who produced and released a film in that time did anything unworthy, but this has been a really long podcast, so we got to wrap it up. Yeah. Uh, well, that wraps up our uh, our uh, best of the decade list. Um, not definitive. If you disagree with us, I I would hope you would. I would yeah. hope you would. Uh, uh, oh, there's plenty of things out there that task. we didn't even touch on. I mean, you know, we could go through and we did another decade special. We could go on for several more hours. Oh my god, it's just, too easy to do you it. You know, we're, we're, we're picking <laughs> the things that we down. want people to take a look at. Yeah. I mean, there's there's low hanging fruit and things that we might think be obvious that people would say, God, that's the best horror movie. But you know. Why don't you go through, take a different perspective on things, and check out some stuff that you might not have seen. That's what we're here for. We're not necessarily pontificating what's the best. We're talking about what we think is is worthy of being watched because, you know, creators of, of horror content, horror films, horror television shows and stuff like that, you know, they're, they're people like everybody else, you know, and they want to have their stuff seen. I don't think we say this enough on the show or at all, really. And, you know, we do tend to attack really shitty criticism on the show. Um, I think that, Chris, you and I will both take the same exact stance. We have respect for anybody who actually completes um, making a feature film. It doesn't matter if it's the 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 shittiest movie of all time or whatever. If it's a movie that nobody's gonna see, if to to actually get that thing done, to obsess about it through and through to completion is no easy task. Yeah. And it's easy to be a fucking armchair quarterback or armchair critic and shit on something. We but, see it know. a lot. We hear it a lot. We read it a lot. It's kind of what a lot of what we do regularly on social media is yeah. all about. Broaden your fucking horizons before you go through and start tearing some shit down. Okay? Yeah. Make sure you know what you're fucking talking about. And if, it, if you're going to be, you know, curating, maybe you should take the time to start creating too. Yeah. There you go. That said, I'd like to take the time and uh, talk about some of the attacks that we've gotten uh, for our show. Yeah, sure. Uh, we've actually gotten a lot of really wonderful love from uh, people who've been listening to the show. And I just wanted to read a few um, things uh, that, that people have, uh, have said. Uh, I'll read this one here. This is from uh, – now, unfortunately, none of these reviews have – people's real names on them yeah. so i would love to be able to say who is who here but i'm just going to go off of Read the, the handle um, the handle so this is from swamp god 72 um who says gah <laughs> in the subject line hilarious you and had me stuff. a gah <laughs> uh for true horror nerds to nerd out to you can't get much better than this more fun than a brian yuzna shunting <laughs> <laughs> love that reference with slightly less cleanup uh, you call yourself a horror nerd. Listen to this podcast in all caps. It's well worth your time. Did I mention it's hilarious? It's hilarious, insightful, smart, and it will respect you in the morning. Kind of loved it. Uh, <laughs> very nice thing to say. Uh, thank you so much, Swamp God 72 That really means a lot to, I think, both of us. Here's another one. All righty. Uh, let's see. This one is from D-Man7587. I think I know who this one is. Finally, a B-movie podcast that is not only entertainingly funny, but also very informative. I love the show's format, and the hosts are highly likable, oh, knowledgeable, and hilarious. Wow. wow. Could listen for hours on end. Great insight and creepy good fun. I would definitely be buying tickets for their showings if they had a real drive-in theater. <gasps> 
All oh. I want for Christmas is a real drive-in theater. Wow, what a good idea. A real drive-in theater. The show progressively gets better, and they truly found their groove. Keep the episodes coming. Well, thank you so much, D-Man7587. Oh, so, thank you, D-Man. We appreciate thank you. Yes. Fantastic. Um, here's another one here. What do we got? This is from... Uh, 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 oh, it's hard to click on these things and read them full. Okay. Yeah, because you can't quite see the... All right. Uh, we'll, we'll skip the subject line. It's funny, dot, dot, dot. This is from Bucko Bruce. Yes. Bucko Bruce says, I laughed, I cried, I puked. Can't wait for more. Thanks, guys. Well, Bucko Bruce, you are welcome. Thank you for the uh, the review and for the uh, the puke. rating. Yeah, thank you for the puke. Um, here we go. Uh, this is Here's another one right here. Sure. All righty. This is from Traffic Data. <laughs> Delightful to listen to, funny and interesting. You'll be able to watch the movies they mention with new eyes. And that really, wow. I think that kind of sums it up right there. That's what we want to do. We I, want I really like hearing people that. to check these movies out and maybe look at them a little differently. If it's something that you'd seen before and thought, this movie fucking sucks. Uh, or if it's just something that you've never even seen before, give it another shot. Or sure. Just go ahead and give it a shot for the first time and uh, see if there's something else that you uh, you hadn't seen there before. You don't have to love it, but if you can appreciate it, we've done our job. Thank you so much mm-hmm. uh, from uh, from uh, Traffic Data. <laughs> um, okay. This is this one's fun. I, I like this one. This is from, I guess it's Crastastic. Uh, says, get ready, which sounds vaguely threatening. Then follows up with, for scares, sarcasm, crude humor, and entertaining conversations centered around horror films and drive-ins. Uh, <laughs> I had things to do this Halloween morning, but got sucked into this podcast instead. And I'm not even complaining. Probably possessed now, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. 10 out of 10, which is wonderful. Fantastic, worth it. I like that. Guys. Worth it. And then here's one more uh, right there. All right. Let's see here. All right. So rad from Karis2323, or is that Karis2323? Yeah, I'm not sure. Hilarious. It's so entertaining to listen to these dudes geek out on horror movies. Looking forward to more episodes. Well, we've got several more episodes already coming down the pipe, and actually we're going to start recording episodes for our season two coming up soon. That's right. Bigger, uh, better, bolder, broader, louder, fatter, stronger. Please, please, please let us know. Uh, Write reviews. Write some ratings. Follow us on Instagram. Send us something via Instagram Messenger. So, uh, you know, because we're we're constantly trying to kind of improve the show and everything, and, and we uh, want to hear from you. Exactly, and it's, it really is uh, inspiring in a way. We we started the show just so that we could kind of have fun together, um, and we weren't quite sure what direction the show is taking. So to hear these kind of uh, uh, reviews come in that say what they're saying is is really enlightening and, yeah. and really nice to hear, and does keep us going. Yeah. So wow, holy shit. That was a that was a hell of a season. Absolutely, and once again, thank you guys so much. Thank, thank you. you. We really we couldn't do it without you. Uh, you know your great comments, uh, your great reviews. You know, just being out there listening. Um, we hope we're doing something right. We think we're doing something right. We think we're onto something here, and uh, we want to keep on doing it for your enjoyment. I mean, we have such a great time recording these shows. And uh, we hope you guys have half as much fun as we have <laughs> recording them. <laughs> you, you guys listening, because uh, that, that just it really means the world to us. And so. by the way, you can reach out to us at deadcitydrivein at gmail.com. Yes. Um, and uh, like Chris said, address. that's right. You can find us on Instagram at deadcitydrivein. 
Um, and that's really it because there are some social media sites that we don't really prefer because of their um, awful shunting process. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Nothing like a good shunt <laughs> as I jam the cigar in my mouth. <laughs> oh, God. Hey, look, I'm a butthead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, we'll probably eventually cover society at yeah, some point. I can only imagine. Um, Screaming Mad George, got to. We do have some interesting things coming up for season two, so that'll be fun. Uh, in the meantime, this is kind of our, our wrap-up uh, for the season show. Yes, it is. Wow. Oh, I'm sad. I'm so sad. We'll be back. We will. We will be back. How can we, we not? We, we, will, are, we will hibernate. We're stuck doing this. And then we will be resurrected. <laughs> The driving gods won't let us leave. Yeah, exactly. We're fucked. By the way, we've been in this bathroom for hours. Dude, my feet are so stuck to the floor right now that I don't know. I'm going to have to take my shoes off, which means that I'm going to have to Push hop up. over here. Then I'm going to have to lose my socks, and then hopefully I can do a long jump out the door. Yeah, we need to get somebody to do uh, cleanup around here. Yeah, I think they have a name for that. Splooge Mopper? Yeah. <laughs> so if you'd like, if you'd like uh, you can send us your resume. Yeah. Uh, put Splooge Mopper in the headline, <laughs> in the subject line, and then send it to deadcitydrivein at gmail.com. And no, our moms are not allowed to take the job. So, mom. And Chris's mom, if you're listening, can't have it. You yeah, can't I, don't take think, I don't think my mom's listening anymore. <laughs> she, she she tried, she man. After I'll, I'll, one. I'll, I'll give her credit. She tried, and she said, um, "Yeah, oh uh, honey, oh honey." <laughs> I had such high hopes for you. I didn't realize you'd be working so blue. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's that's that language. Um, well, thank you guys so much. Um, once again, I am Brandon Windish, and I am Chris Holcomb. And remember, at this drive-in, if you see the car a rocking, it doesn't necessarily mean somebody's fucking. They're probably getting murdered. Thanks so much. All right, have a see good you next one. season. Under 17, not admitted without parent.